podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. No, I think Rosado is a good boy. Rosado is a good boy. I've become a massive international superstar, it's as simple as that. I eat your ass all alive, you bitch. Scared of the real man. I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot. I'm going to physically shoot David Hay. He fucking glassed me. He glassed me. Derek, who down? I'm Shannon Bridge. I'm hard to kill. I'm the black meat of the ball. I'm hard to fucking kill. Well, I believe Christopher can take a punch. I'm very good at math and looking at the fighter and seeing what his abilities are. I can't see that Golovkin has anything like Christopher's speed, his power, his punching ability, his hand speed, his foot movement. I don't see that from a calculating point of view. I don't see that he has anything like that. So then it's going to come down to heart. You know, I spoke to Joe Gallagher, they don't want to fight Carl Frampton. And the bottom line is, you know, no disrespect to Boss Branger, these guys aren't good enough to face Carl Frampton. I'm the best heavyweight champion in the world. I'm happy to have WPC with me. I'm undefeated champion. Undisputed champion. I want good next. He's got my Dino Rival UK Cassidy. I'm the student heavyweight champion of the world. Who next? I love boxing sounds. It's as simple as that. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 408th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nuttos podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining me on the call, we have Andy Patterson, Gabe Lewis making a glorious return, and Matty DiGiallonardo going live on YouTube every Sunday from about 8 o'clock, thereabouts. The Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. Hello to everyone listening through the week on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice. Throughout the entire month of January, going into February very soon, nothing less than five stars is acceptable. We have had a few reviews coming in. I'll be reading them out later in all their glory. Let's check in on the boys then, first of all, and see they are keeping well. Andy Patterson, how are you this evening, sir? Tremendous, mate. Absolute tremendous, uh, as as well as it can be, anyway. Um, fed up at eating again, actually. Yeah, uh, just too much food. Um, getting a wee bit of kind of fat pass up getting there. So I need to get out I need to get out and actually you know do a wee bit more training again and stuff because well, I probably, I'm hibernating at this point, yeah, it's winter time, so uh, I can't wait to get in, in the summertime to get in the physical activities again and that. So I will bring on uh, at least March at least. So maybe you know, keep eating, keep drinking and then we'll start a diet about March probably. Absolutely, get stuck into that old diet. One man with a spring in his step. He's been storing nuts for winter. We haven't seen him for a while, but glad to have him back. <laughs> it's Gabe Lewis. How are you, Gabe? We've missed you. I'm doing good, buddy. Been, like you said, <laughs> storing up for winter. Uh, it's been a long cold one here. We had here in Texas an abnormal snowfall a few weeks back. 
like a foot of snow. It was pretty wild. But, uh, you know, that aside, I've worn back up as the sun's out. So we're ready to uh, get back on the calls and get it going again. Good to have Gay back with us. Never mind storing nuts, more like storing bullets in this US heavy episode. Matty DiGelonardo is with us. How are you, Matty? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm just having a laugh thinking about the people in Texas dealing with snow. It, uh, For those of you that uh, live in areas with snow, uh, you should go to YouTube and look up uh, Texas drivers in winter. Uh, there's some good clips in there. Uh, the world shuts down. They think it's the apocalypse. Uh, it's uh, for people that have uh, lived in places that get three, four feet of snow over the course of 48 hours. Um, the Southern Americans and their uh, dealings with snow, uh, it, it's, it's a sad state. I was listening to, uh, or I got sent this clip actually, this guy from Buffalo, and his missus is from Runabout, Uruguay, Gabe, and built this big massive snowman, like something like 30 feet tall. But the, <laughs> but the base of it was actually like, like the, the tree trunk. Right? It was like massive, this trunk, right? And this driver thought he would just have a fucking funny turn and drive at it and try and smash it up. He didn't even realise the, tr the trunk was there. Smashed up all his fender and everything. I totally <laughs> fucked up. You're fucking idiots. You know, you get some sun, some sun on it over the day and then you get a little bit of melt and it freezes up. So you're like running into a gigantic block of ice. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I was about, that's what I was about to say. Like here, normally, if it snows, you can still see the grass out of the uh, sticking out of the top of the snow, but it was solid wide over everything. And you actually drove around and you could see people with normal sized snowmans, like, you know, what, six feet tall, maybe on some of them. I mean, they were actually real, all kinds of real stuff that we've never seen before. I, I've, I've been in this part of the world my whole life and uh, I've never seen that much goddamn snow. Uh, the downside is it takes goddamn forever to melt and then dry up. So everything stays muddy for weeks after that. But uh, really, it didn't never like, like, uh, melted and then froze solid ice usually that's what fucking happens if it does snow it melts but then it freezes right back up on the road so then the roads are icy instead of just fucking like wet and all y'all got two-wheel drive pickups so you just fucking spin around in circle <laughs> yeah if you don't have a four-wheel drive you're kind of fucked on that deal i mean try going up a hill in the ice these these roads are not made for that shit there you go. The, the boys have spoken. You're welcome to the Nuthouse Weather Podcast. We'll talk about the boxing later, maybe, if we get round to it. So shout out to everybody in the chat. Let's have a look, see who's hanging around there. Uh, Take Ames is with us. Joe Kennedy, boxing's first. James Windsor, Paul Raftery, no doubt, hanging around, waiting for a bit of Bellew of the Week action coming up later. Uh, Tosh Bear Grills is here as well. Richard Wetton. Yeah, we'll be talking uh, Don King's show. Who else is here? Uh, Johnny Horsecock Nelson, of course. Michael Thompson. Uh, Mr. Jones, Jack McLeod Jr., Craig. Try not to miss anybody out. Don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You've got to be careful these days. You might get cancelled. Uh, Andrew Sheridan, Matthew D'Souza, Boxing Channel. Good to see him there. Yep, get those super chats in. If you want to ask a question, uh, who else have we got? Let's have a look. This should go down well on the podcast during the week. I think that's everybody, isn't it? Oh, Rob Barnett's hanging around as well. Good to see you, Rob. Niall M. And Dan S. There was somebody else, I think, on my... Oh, B to Beave. Welcome to you, B to Beave. Let's get stuck in then straight away, Andy, into this uh, PBC show, I suppose. Caleb Plant winning a unanimous decision over Caleb Truax defending the IBF title, 120-108 across the board. What did we really learn from it, Andy? I suppose that's the thing. I must admit, I started drifting off after about yeah. round seven or eight. I think Caleb Plant did as well. He did what he had to do. He looks fast. He looks flashy at times. Not the biggest of punches. 
I thought he was going to overwhelm Truax, who hung around and took his licks. I have a bit of a soft spot for Truax. I kind of like him. He's, he's an engaging character on Twitter. And he came in and he gave his all for an unexpected opportunity. But this was all about plants, you know, looking at him, seeing what the optics were like ahead of big fights against Benavides, Canelo, those type of guys. We'll talk about that later. What about his performance, first of all, Andy? Did he live up to it? Did he let you down a little bit? What did you think of Caleb Plant's performance? No, he did what, he just, he did what I expected him to do, really. Um... You know, he works. He works the the ring well. You know, he's got good job. You know, good technique and stuff. He, he uses his legs well. Um, you know, end of the day, Truax was game. Um, he kept trying to kind of push the fight. He just couldn't pull the trigger. Just couldn't land his shots. He, uh, maybe yeah, a couple of shots. No, I think he kind of stung him. Maybe kind of late in the fight. Um, but you know, plant. You know, took them well. Boxed pretty well. Uses his angles, as I say. His good punches. Um, defence was okay for the most part of the fight. Um, just kind of outschooled Truax, didn't he? Um, or, or outskilled him, sorry. Um, as I say, there is still uh, defensive gaps. I just don't think he's explosive enough. He hasn't got enough power. And um, I still think that the, the gas tank is slightly lacking and stuff. Uh, okay, with that one, you know, Truax is, what, what is he, top six, top eight in that division or whatever it is. Uh, Plant probably kind of now puts himself in the shop window for Canelo and that, but even before lockdown, it's just pissing me off. It's, you know, especially about this weight division that we just kind of get some of these guys at 168 because they're all seem to be hanging around. Benavidez is losing titles because he can't make weight. Uh, who's the other one? Ramirez went up in weight. Um, Saunders doesn't belong at the weight. Um, Smith, he's come and went. Plant, I just don't, I just don't see him. I, I can see him causing Canelo some problems because Canelo doesn't like fighters to kind of move about the ring and stuff. You need him to kind of like stand in front and make him look good and that. So I think Canelo would have a bit of issue early doors in the fight. But as it kind of wore on, I'd, I'd expect Canelo to kind of like chip away at him and maybe kind of wear him down in the end. Um, I think, uh, well, obviously Saunders and that as well, but it's something different. But um, look, he did what he had to do. It's his first fight in over a year. Um, I'm, I'm no overly fussed with it. I'm no overly disappointed with it. He's just done what he had to do. He won the fight and he is what he is at this point. Um, just been to wait to see what happens next with unifications and stuff. But um, What's happening with Canelo by the wins his next fight? He's, he's uh, you'll do him end of February, isn't it? That's right. And then it's, is he fighting in May again or is he going to be waiting until September? Um, February, March, April, They're I'd talking. say. So they're talking May with with Saunders, like they're they're hoping for another right. quick turnaround, like with the uh, um, uh, Cinco de Mayo thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've I never followed the kind of post fight stuff in that, so I don't know if Plant actually even mentioned Benavides' name, but I know there's a bit of you know, there's been a bit of verbals back and forth over there. So I think you know it's a logical fight to make if there's a bit of heat there. Um, I think both are PBC fighters and that as well, so it should be easy enough fight to get made. Um, Benavidez, obviously, the question marks about the weight and does he deserve another world title fight because he can't make the weight. Um, that's another matter, but um, the belt shouldn't really matter if the fight's going to you know, generate interest and stuff. Um, another thing as well is uh, Ramirez as well. He's got a like, free agency and that. I think he's kind of doing his own stuff, promoting his own shows and stuff and fighting on them. So um, I don't know if he can still make 168. I'd like to see that fight against Plant. I think uh, Ramirez would win it. Um I don't know. Interesting. You think Gilberto Ramirez would beat Plantander? Yeah. I think so. I think Ramirez beat Benavidez would be the interesting one to make, wasn't it? Apparently Ramirez is one of these guys. His wife was the one sort of rattling behind the scenes, trying to get him away from top rank. And she's involved in like his promotion. And yeah. you know that's a good thing or a bad thing. But if he goes over to the PBC, you could see Ramirez against Benavidez being quite appetising. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying because his, uh, his last show, I forget who he was fighting actually. Uh, I can't remember if it was some African boy or something that he was fighting, but he, uh, as I said, he was promoting his own show just after Christmas or just before it actually. Um, but just go back to 168 and stuff. Um, again, I just didn't want to see fighters hanging about waiting for this Canelo fight. I mean, there's good fights to be made. They make Plant, you know, if Saunders is in the, in the frame for Canelo, then okay. But make Plant Benavides, for example. Um, I don't know, Plant against Parker. Um, well, you forget about that. You know, the other thing is, I like to see maybe Berlinga get a step up. Actually, I think that'd be an ideal fight for him. Uh, whether he's deserving a world title fight, I don't know. But um, you know, yeah, young guys coming through, young challengers. Before he fights for a world title, we need to see if he can get into the second round. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. It just might be that Evan Valero, though. You never know. That massive no, You never know. Might be. Uh, Matthew D'Souza, Matty, made a good point there. He says Plant won't take any high risks, uh, high risk fights as long as. I'm making a butchery of this. He won't take any high-risk fights as long as the Canelo fight is a possibility. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if Plant's keeping active, he's going in against someone like Truax, he doesn't want to risk a cut, he doesn't want to get risk getting beaten up, or, you know, anything could happen in the ring. I suppose he's holding out. We don't like that, do we, holding out for the likes of Canelo, but I suppose it's the reality, and at least he's active. Well, that's, that's, that's the kind of thing you got with kind of Smith and that. It was easy, kind of easy defences, uh, kind of like hung about for ages and that, waited for his world title fight for like, I don't know how long it was. And then he got, finally got the fight in the end, what was it, three years later and stuff? You just, well, okay, it's their career, let them sit on it if they want. It doesn't mean to see we've got to sit and like it and kind of like talk and, you know, like it and respect it and stuff. You want to see these guys fight, you want to see them active. Um, okay situation at the minute, doesn't it? Doesn't it always kind of like, you know, use the kind of ideal circumstances and stuff, but. As fans, we shouldn't be pissed off about the quality of the opponent in this case. I, it, when it comes to, no, the, they got to they got to do the fight. What boxing fans should be pissed off about is that they made this main event material on prime time on network television on a Saturday night. That's what boxing fans should be pissed off about because every time they put one of these blowout, uninteresting, non-entertaining bullshit fights on, which, sure, they should exist somewhere, maybe on an undercard somewhere, but they should not be put in the spotlight of our sport because that spot should be reserved for the best the sport has to offer fighting the best. And as long as they keep putting bullshit like this on, people are going to think that that is the boxing product in a nutshell. That's the fucking failure of Plant versus Truax. Matty, yeah, Matthew, I agree 100%. I mean, I, look, Caleb Truax has been in a ton of uh, fights that could have raised his potential. Uh, well, I say a ton. I mean, I don't mean that many quite literally, but he's been in quite a few fights that could have raised his profile significantly. He's been televised a ton. Um, but like you said, there's no reason for this kind of shit. I mean, it's all, it's all bullshit anyway, because you have PBC and their production team. As soon as you, uh, turn on the fucking broadcast, they're going to start talking about how Truex is a tough guy and how it's supposed to be a good fight. And they'll sell it to these people that don't watch all the time. Um, and those people that don't watch all the time will see it as a blowout. So in these casual minds, it seems like it's a it's a superstar with Caleb Plant. But Caleb Plant's a fucking cunt. He had an opportunity already at Canelo. There was some discussion about that. He didn't take it because he needed a break. Uh, give me a fucking break. How about that? It's a bunch of horse shit, just like Maddie said, because you have a guy that wants to talk about doing this and doing that and fighting the top guys. He's just like those little yapping dogs down at lightweight, Ryan Garcia and 
dumb dumb Haney and fucking the rest of them. The only one that has any fucking say in any of it should be Lopez, and he's the only motherfucker that actually top took the best fight that was available, the top guy, the guy that no one else wanted to fight. The rest of them were cowering in their fucking corners, hiding like a bunch of little bitches. Um, so, I, I mean, on my end, I agree with Maddie 110%. It is a fucking ridiculous piece of shit main event. Uh, and that's not to say that Caleb Plant is a bad fighter. I think he's actually really a rather good fighter, but he yaps. He's a yapper, uh, just like Ryan Garcia and the rest of the lot. They talk about how they want big fights and they want big money and those kind of things. If you give people the big fights, they're more likely to tune in and give you that money. Give me a fucking reason to buy. You know, give me a reason to buy the pay-per-view. I will buy, I would buy a plant Benavidez fight um, if the card's decent. You know, I, I don't love the idea of buying a whole bunch of fights, but if you will give me something worth watching, I'll do it. You know, and, and they're not doing that. They're not doing it at all. PBC hasn't done it in general for quite some time. Uh, a lot of their early part where they were getting on TV was pretty good uh, on paper matchups. Just turns out not a lot of them really produced what they kind of what kind of we thought they might. Uh, but now they're just kind of sticking to this safe net uh, bullshit, which is what last night was. I mean, complete fucking bullshit. Crying like a little bitch. Gabe, uh, Danny Jacobs' name's being thrown out there in the chat, but I think that Jacobs hasn't got the heart no, for it anymore. I think no. he's happy to pick up paydays, isn't he, after this after the big Canelo payday? Fuck Jacobs, man. But you want to recycle that, that far? Did you say yeah. he's washed? He's not wanting it anymore. I mean, that, that last fight was an abomination. That was against Rosado, wasn't it? Oh, aye, the gatekeeper, you know. The road back to world title level. Jesus, suffering. Jacobs. No, I don't... I don't think Jacobs wants anymore. Matty, what about Anthony Durrell? His name's getting mentioned. They're throwing him out against um, a lad with a couple of losses. I can't remember his name. In, in, in February, I think it is. Anthony <laughs> Durrell. Um, man, he, he's old. He, he's old. Um, I, I, I I don't know who they're they're planning on putting him in against. Perhaps fucking or something like that if he's, if um, he's available. My... You know, I, I don't know if they could pull the turnaround quite, but my hunch is maybe they're wanting to put him on the Canelo undercard against Plant before they put Plant against uh, um, uh, Canelo, you know, say the winner of that fight, um, if that's not a foregone conclusion. But I don't know. It's he's it's, it's one of those guys, like, you just get tired of some of these guys that keep getting opportunities. Uh, you know, they get one win against a nobody, and then they get a title fight. Um, you know, Yuri Orcas Gamboa has basically been getting title fights consecutively one after the other, you know, just living on his name late on the career. Again, give us some meaningful fucking fights. Um, and part of the problem here is that they're willing to pay these guys ridiculous sums of money to fight these over the hill, no hope fighters. And it's it's a it's a fucking joke. Um, and I think with the, uh, the state of the global economy, uh, you know what? I actually think that's going to kind of rectify this market and they're going to be forced to create meaningful fights just to get a reason to get people to tune in to, you know, uh, squeeze as many dollars out of, uh, advertising and other sources as they can. Uh, boxing's first said it's not down to the fighters, in my opinion. It's the uh, the promoters protecting their cash cows. I think that's what it is. They're not going to risk the likes of plant against anybody else, but a true ex, I suppose, during this current climate. And they just want to keep them ticking along until they can get fans back in. And 
a plant against Jacobs would be interesting, but then that, the Canelo's with the zone at the moment. How long that will be, I don't know. But Jacobs is a free agent. I think he's split from Eddie now. Heyman was pulling the strings all along. He was Jacobs' advisor, even when Jacobs was with Eddie Hearn. So Al's not one bit slow. Um, I've got something I was going to raise, actually. Let me just bring it up here. I think we'll go with you, Matty, on this one. Um, bringing the important things uh, to the table. Fox, what about the documentary-style camera angles that Fox were pulling last night? The shot selection? I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not really sure about it. They, they were like going to a strange sort of uh, lens and it seemed as if you weren't there. And Do you, do you know what I mean? Do, do you like it? I didn't care for it whatsoever. But, but that said, that probably wasn't the best fight to maybe showcase some of it. Um, so who knows? But I... Um, I didn't care for it at all. But what I like about boxing is is just the simple uh, the simple shots from multiple angles that and they're able to sequence the action very well. Um, so you can see what's landing cleanly and what's not, and that's probably part of the dispute between uh, judges and the fans. But the production value, I mean, it was high production value, but it, it was a waste. Instead of spending money on that, you know, give me a better fight than uh, coffee against fat fuck McGee. Uh, you know, invest a little into the fights. Fuck. Another thing as well, Gabe, which I noticed about the production you might have an opinion on, or you might not, was the highlights during the round. Now, in one-sided fights, as this one was, I didn't really mind it, but I hope they don't do that in competitive sort of 50-50 fights because it could potentially sway the narrative because it gives the the viewer like a sort of double, it gives one fighter a double benefit because you've got him landing the shots and then all of a sudden they're splitting the screen into two. The fight's going on on the right-hand side and they're showing those shots landing again on the left-hand side. I don't know. I think we're watching the things twice over. I'm not a fan of, of highlights. The PBC did it a few times last night, Gabe. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just another fucking tool that those guys can use to sway the opinions of the public uh, and, and utilize their um, their video as, as a way to build things that we wouldn't necessarily call for. Uh, or casual fans would necessarily call for. So, you know, like you said, if they're using that to manipulate the way people are thinking about those fights, then they can legitimize the reasoning for them giving uh, a particular fighter another title shot really quickly uh, or kind of changing the narrative whenever a guy gets beaten um, but wins a close decision and the fans reject that decision, you know. So it's all, I, I mean, you know, really are we talking about are they trying to necessarily, I don't know that weaponize it is the right term, um, but but definitely use it as fodder for helping them promote whatever kind of bullshit is they're spewing. Yeah, I think I think they definitely are. Definitely think they can do that. Um, I, I Really overall, I mean, I think some of what PBC tries to do um, is make some new presentation choices. Uh, in terms of how they how they televise their fights and things of that nature, which I de don't necessarily disagree with. I, I think that innovation is something that's not uh, shouldn't be frowned upon immediately. But also at the same time, I think in certain worlds that kind of stuff works. Football, for example, is one one way that that works. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you can do it in baseball and pretty much a lot of other sports. Um, but in a sport where uh, it's so easy to be swayed i don't like it uh for the same reasons that you mentioned steve so on my end i'm not a big fan of it either um if it was you know replaying to show 
like a knockdown that wasn't called or something that was called a knockdown that wasn't, that's one way. But I, in general, I think they can save that kind of stuff for the in-between rounds because most of the time the in-between rounds is not something that I really give much of a fuck about because they kind of bounce back and forth. Occasionally you'll hear some good nuggets out of there, um, like letting guys out of cages and so on and so forth. But uh, um, overall, not nah, really not a fan of it. Yeah, I think it's definitely deliberate. The PBC are usually up on this type of stuff. In between rounds, they were advertising, I don't know, motor racing or NASCAR, whatever it was, and they had the drivers with the boxing gloves and all that. And they do cross-promote, and they like to bring in fighters after the American football's been on and the Olympics and all this. So there's obviously a marketing brain working away there. Uh, on the undercard, Andy, I should give you a chance to speak about whatever you wish. I must admit, I only saw the Joey Spencer fight. Didn't see Rancid or Michael Polite oh, Coffee, which is quite an interesting name. Did you catch anything at all? Yeah, I seen the I seen the heavyweight guys. Uh, once I think it was a it was a I think it was a left uppercut. He, he got caught with actually, um, big Darmani Rock, and uh, just away he went, absolutely away he went. Um, got up a couple of times, was given every, every benefit in that, but eventually then just like, you know, you know stopped in that. But uh, who else was not undercard? Joey Spencer. It was a first round knockout. Eh? It was quite yeah uh, against uh, Bruce Seldon's son, no less. Yeah, it was quite an ice in that, wasn't it? Yeah, nice right hand, and then he finished him off on the follow-up. I have a bit of a complaint as well about the referee, and I can wait, or I can go straight. The referees, there's a couple of referees that pissed me off, and it seems to be a PBC thing, but then at the same time, I think it's more to do with the fact that we're watching more PBC boxing than anything at the moment, and of course it's the commissions, the state athletic commissions that are putting forward the referees. So I'm not blaming the PBC for this, but I thought the referee during the Seldon-Spencer fight, Jerry Cantu, was way too over the top. I mean, I know Richie Davis used to take control of matters, but Cantu, he was bollocking them beforehand. 40 seconds or so in, he's deducting two points off Seldon for punches behind the back of the head, which I know are dangerous. But I just think he was a right miserable old bastard. And this is off the back of last weekend. I don't know if you remember Rolly Romero's fight against Avery yeah. Sparrow. Johnny Callis oh. was exactly the same. I think they're too over the top, Andy, myself. Um, no, I didn't see that fight, uh, Romero. I thought you were going to see the Mourinho's fight. Um, to be honest... I can't be bored with the referees now. I mean, the other thing was, uh, I was going to mention was uh, Rancid, Rancid Bartholomew. That's what it is. He's fucking rancid, by the way. No, I didn't, I, I didn't uh, put a lot of stock in You, you know this, and uh, like punch starts and that. But, you know, the PBC put up a wee punch start during that fight. I think I lasted about six rounds before I went to my fucking bed. Because it looked like that plant fight wasn't going to happen until at least uh, four in the morning. The fucker only throw something like 40 punches over like something like four or five <laughs> rounds. I'm like, it's one o'clock in the morning. Fuck this. I went to bed. Caught the Spencer knockout this morning, as I say, is in a, a big coffee. Um, who I think um is a is an amateur. I think he's actually mixed with a few guys and stuff, or he's he's actually mixed with uh, a few guys in the pros and that I can't mind who that was again. It was either him or it was the other guy, uh, Darmani Rock. I can't mind. Uh, one of the two of them actually had fought uh, a, a few named guys and stuff. It might have been Rock. Uh, he fought that guy Kadiru, I'm sure. But um he never recovered uh, once he took that, that lift uppercut and he got caught uh, high in the head as well. Uh, so big coffee and that. There was uh, a backstory to him. I'm not sure. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head but it was again, actually. But uh, as the guys were saying, it wasn't a great card. Like It was not a great card whatsoever. That was like when a par with Eddie Herman probably put on him on a Saturday night, you know? Without the world title, mind you. Well, yeah, I suppose so. Uh, did you catch anything on the undercard, Matty? I mean, trying to stay up for that. Your coffee and Barthelemy probably go hand in hand. You need a big pot of coffee to get through that 10 rounds of that shite. 
You know, it's funny as I uh, I had completely forgotten like there was a first hour on of that show because they didn't announce any fights until you know very close to the day of. So the only fight I was thinking of was uh, Plant and Truax, and I knew that would be after seven o'clock. So I was sitting around and playing guitar until I turned it on, and then I caught the coffee knockout. Great shots, great uppercut. Dude can swing, um, but. I mean, what the, I mean, his opponent, man, I mean, Rock just, I mean, he looked, uh, he was just, just terribly out of shape. Oh my God. Uh, the, the guy made a uh, Gerald Miller look like a, a fountain of health, man. Uh, it was, uh, but th that kid can punch and, uh, that's the second O he's taken. How ridiculous the O might be. I don't know. But uh, it'll be interesting to see him makes it up in the heavyweight division. He uh, he seems to be dedicated. He's kind of a kick. He was eating pineapple on his way to the ring. Caught that um, later on. But um, yeah, uh, that's the only thing that I was able to catch on it. And uh, if I uh, happen to mess a Bartholomew fight, um, uh, all the better for it. Anything from you, Gabe? Starting with Joey Spencer. He's only 20 years of age, but he can clearly whack a bit. He seems like he's going places alongside Mel Nicky and... They've got a few prospects, the PBC, coming along. Yeah, I think so. I, I kind of like Joey Spencer. Um, I, I kind of feel like after watching some of his earlier fights that maybe his uh, his power is still developing, kind of. He throws hard punches, but they're like Barrera hard punches. It's not Mike Tyson knockout punches most of the time with this kid. Um, and so I think that that it's still developing, but I think as long as that develops and he keeps developing his boxing ability, I think he should be a pretty good guy to watch later on. Um, you know, like you said, he's really young still, uh, but he's had a lot of success already so far. Uh, they're matching him upright, which um, typically means that, that they're matching him with guys that he can beat, that he should beat, that he generally looks pretty good against. Um, but, you know, I mean, I really don't see a whole lot of terrible issues with him as of right now. Um, but again, like with almost every fighter now, I wish that I could see some guys learn to fight on the inside. It's a lost art. Uh, there'll never be another guy that does it like James Tony or some of those other masters of inside fighting, which is really fun to watch. Um, but that's not really the point. I'll get too far on a sidetrack there. Um, I thought that was good. Uh, Bartholomew, I mean, cheese whiz. There was a time uh, whenever I actually was pretty high on Bartholomew. Um, and then he had, uh, I forget who it was he fought. He fought somebody, I think it was twice. Um, and and both fights, fucking absurd, ridiculous. And that, that's how he finally got his first loss, I believe, uh, in one of those rematches maybe. Um, but I, I'm with Maddie. I think anybody that skips the Bartholomew fights is better off for it. The guy just is awful to watch. Um, and it's strange to me to see that because at one point he actually was – kind of a fun watch um he's never been super active so he didn't have that going for him he's never been like a super concussive puncher so he never had that going for him but there was enough action to make his fights enjoyable there was enough power displayed to make his fights enjoyable but the last i don't even know how many it's been it's been years since i've really watched uh since those really bad two fights that he had um but i want to say it's probably been the last five or six years since i've really sat down and watched any of his fights and and uh, they've been awful, so there's no reason to watch that kind of bullshit uh, as far as any of that goes. But yeah, yeah, Joey Spencer should be a, should be a good watch. 
Uh, I kind of recommend anybody to watch him if you're looking for something decent as opposed to uh, Bartholomew, that is. Yeah, Bartholomew's pretty terrible, isn't he? I think the closest these guys will ever have to fight in a home is maybe if they stick him in Guantanamo Bay as some kind of punishment. Shout out to Teddy Boy at 94. He's thrown in a few quid for the lads for Rob's The Zone subscription and a few and a quid and a quid for the lads. Thanks very much to you, Teddy Boy 94. Great job. If you want to follow him, throw in a super chat, why don't you? Uh, Andy, Billy Dib, what's going on here? 53rd fight. He's going in against a debutant in Australia. Seventh round <laughs> knockout. I mean, is this is this one of these lads, Bailon, Joey Bailon, coming from kickboxing or something? It seems a bit of a, a strange one to put someone of Dib, uh, Dib's experience in against someone who's making their debut. Do you have any more intel on this? I didn't follow it up, mate. I, I just I checked it this morning that uh, he'd went seven rounds. Uh, I gave he was an ex-Muay Thai kickboxer and oh, stuff. I like thought that. so, yeah, yeah. So generally, these guys are tough as nails, and that. Um, I don't know. I think he's. I don't know if that kid was actually was a, is an Australian actually, but um, yeah, um, I don't know what the situation is uh, there, there at all actually. Be, be Billy Dib, I thought um, there's two of them. Eh? There's no brother. I'm sure he did. This is the one that fought Khan. Bill L Dib as well. I think there's Bill L Dib and Billy Dib, isn't there? Aye, I can't. That must be the other one that, that retired. And I'm sure this is the one that fought Khan. I didn't see it. I dare say the highlights will appear at some point in that, but um, he stopped him in the seventh round apparently. Aye. Friday night, Andy, you were all over this card in, was it Tanzania? Any signs of a one-time Marquinhos knocking about? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was, I was, I was, just, I was just flicking through uh, some of the, the sites and stuff. And I wanted to fight TVs, you know. I've got a subscri- uh, subscription there and I seen it was on three. So I stuck it on and I just I caught like maybe the last two rounds of the Terville Pulev fight, which is a uh, big Kubrat's brother. Um, it was kind of messy and stuff like that. One in the end. I think he won the late stoppage, I think it was. Uh, then the main event, uh, it, was, it was okay. As I say, it was pretty decent. It was against a, a guy from Dennis Mawal, F.A. Mawali. Um, by the way, just, just, just so you know, it was worth the free uh, viewing just to listen to that national anthem. Fuck me, man. I could have went for a bath, smoked a cigar, had a whiskey, and still came back and the fight hadn't started, man. It went on for ages. And he fought a, a guy called Ibrahim Class Magender. I'm not making this shit up, man. Class Magender, honestly. Anyway, it was for the vacant WBF Intercontinental Lightweight title. Uh, Magender wins on uh, wins on points. Um, it was okay, as I say. It was I had a, a fleet nine, as I say, and it was it was okay in quarters. It was guys on similar levels, and the uh, punches were galore and stuff like that. And uh, it was at the next door arena, and I think it was caused the. Uh, I can't remember what was the title for it again. Something like the the Battle of Dar or something like it was called. Yeah, Fury and Dar. When you said um, yeah. Magenda, I thought it was one of the new 152 genders. I don't know about Andy. I thought we were maybe fighting. <laughs> well, this is what I was meant. To, I was yes, like I wasn't meant to class his gender in that as well. You know, I, I sent it the picture of the title watch, but I found the stuff. But yeah, as I say, um, I think fight TV should be the way forward. Actually, things like that should be free. Um, and then maybe get like see American stuff on there, maybe like for a couple of quid. And that I think that would be, would be good value, eh? But uh, as I say, it was just by pure action that I came across that, and uh, so I, I just kept it on for the, the rest of the night and stuff. It was it was all right, as I say. Just picking up on your fight TV thing there, that's what I thought DAZN should maybe have done. Have a sort of basic subscription where you maybe even sign up for free. You get archives and stuff. They throw out a little bone here and there with a lower level card. Then you have like a higher one, which is, I don't know, five or ten pounds, and you get the basic stuff. And then they introduce like a pay-per-view option for, you know, like a sort of tiered thing for DAZN. Uh, well, I was also going to say as well, I'm not going to the DAZN, but see, with the fight TV thing, you, you know that I bought the Lomachenko Lopez pay-per-view. Now, that, 
because I bought that, that gets archived in my uh, in my profile. I can go back and watch it whenever I want on the, on my profile, and then need to pay for it again. Uh, so uh, if 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 you can get that with the Zone app, well, obviously you, you probably could not. You would probably access their archives and stuff. But um, as I say, you can you can view anything on there. I think they're, they're starting to get some of the football on that fight TV and that as well. Yeah, I think they're trying to get some of the South American stuff and that. So if they even go down some of the routes and that and get some of the some of the football on that, and then and you never know, it might even drag some more guys in towards the box and that as well. Uh, the zone that says there's no content. So what's the fucking point of me paying even for one ninety nine a month? You know, Rob's telling me he's got Akin Barak in the in the Golovkin show. You no, know, this is the Gennady Golovkin show that you know Golovkin's got a, a stake in the company, so they need to put some sort of content on the one of the commodities that they've got. You know, so <laughs> he's probably running the show. I think Rob Kelly might have his own uh, show on the zone soon. You never know. He'll be he is uh, on his way. We'll hear him soon on episode four hundred eight of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. And he's here already, as usual. Gabe Lewis is back with us. Matty DiGelenardo and me, Steve. Uh, Ozzy might make it on if he can. No word from Smido as yet. Hopefully he's well out there. Hopefully you all are as well. Enjoying yourselves in the chat box. Uh, Andy has some information on the Don King Cog. Before we go to you, Andy, we'll go to Matty first of all. We had a question coming in. Well, it wasn't a question. It was more of a statement, really, from D-Dog. Let me see if I can bring it up on the screen. It's a little bit pixelated, but I'm sure, Matty, you can make it out. He says, can anyone think of a worse world heavyweight title matchup than this crap? Talking about Trevor Bryan against Bermain Stiverne, in case you're wondering. Maybe something involving the great Henry Akin Wande. I was thinking, Matty, over the years, there's been a few bad ones, hasn't there? Tommy Morrison got served up some duds. And what about Damon Reed, who they threw in with Herbie Hyde? So uh, this was pretty bad, though, wasn't it? Oh, it's it's awful. I mean, Stiverne is beyond his best days by probably close to a decade at this point in time. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, some of like the worst, uh, the worst heavyweight fights I've seen. But I mean, to be dead honest, here's the problem. And, and uh, Andy, I'm sure you could back me up on this. There was such, there was such a, a gross lack of talent in the heavyweight division from, I don't know, give it 06 to 2012, 13, you know, on the top levels. That, that, I mean, there were so many bad heavyweight fights in there. They just all run together. And they're just so you many. Clutch, inter- you had that clutchical decade, though, where it was just complete dominance, though, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and the problem is, is the people that were that were having the fights to become, uh, you know, the uh, mandatories, they were having, they weren't great fights either. Uh, you know, uh, it was just, it was truly an awful time for heavyweight boxing. And uh, that's that's not to to pick on Klitschko because I, I mean you beat everyone that gets in front of you. I mean, what are you going to say to him? But uh, I, it's there were so many pathetic heavyweight matchups in in that period uh, in between Lennox Lewis and uh, and the uh, the Wilder Fury uh, Joshua era that were in here. Uh, it just all runs together because there were some. God awful heavyweights, so many interchangeable Sergeys and Ivans and the Charles Martin against Glasgow, Matty. That was a cracker, wasn't it? That was a pretty awful one, wasn't it? Oh, the knee, knee went, knee. the knee went, aye. And oh then yeah, he, and then Charles Martin got four million uh, for <laughs> Joshua for, for for basically like bending over and selling his title for four million. <laughs> you know, he, he walked the god like, like this, like you know, walked the earth like a god, smoking all his green and stuff like that. You know. I, I seem to remember that Hellenius had some like 
awful fights after the gift decision against Chisora. Like he, that they were just unwatchable garbage. Hellenius had some awful fights. I mean, remember, remember Vladimir against uh, hey, uh, Bagamov. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Do you remember Bagamov's corner? Were like, if you don't do something, you're going to come back to the corner. We ain't going to be here. <laughs> 12 rounds of shit. Hey, both, both of you need to watch what you're saying because Hellenius is in the play to challenge, just like my original yeah, question yeah. of many Be years much. ago for the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. He's right on the list, fellas. Well, so that could, that yeah, could be right up for my prediction that Rocky Fielding would want, win a championship. He's, <laughs> he's, on, he's, he's on that Panamanian list. It happened. He's on that Panamanian list, which means he's going to be have to go to court with a lawsuit at some point. You just fucking know it. That Klitschko Klitsch Bagamov one, though, Andy. I was, oh. going for the, I was the hardcore's hardcore then. I watched everything. I watched the full 12 rounds. Was that yeah. Sultan? Was it Sultan? Yeah. Or yeah, Sultan. They were jabs off of each other most of the time. They were just doing Mate, touch jabs off each other's I, gloves. I will never forget Bob Sugar after that fight. It was at least a few months after it, by the way. He absolutely eviscerated them. Destroy Klitschko. He says, I never want to watch him again. And I remember listening to him maybe about five years later, long before he died. And he was on Paddy Cronin's podcast and he came on again and he still fucking hated them, even though they were dominant. That he says, That's not boxing. This jab and grab, that's not boxing. It was in New York, wasn't it? Wasn't that the one that did for Klitschko? Yeah. And then we never saw him in America again until he fought Bryant Jennings, something like that. Something like that, aye. Something yeah. like that, mate. Aye, I believe so. But then again, he's getting he was getting he fucking contract that he got for RTL to fight in Germany it was insane. What was the point of him having to, having to leave Germany after that? You know, make millions. Exactly. I'm glad that he was behind us though, Andy. Oh, and yeah, we've got yeah, the Trevor yeah. Bryan, uh, the oh, Poundland yeah. Matt Skelton against Bermain Stavern, who got knocked out by Joe Joyce uh, a couple of years back. I mean, you've got the in inside scoop on what was going on behind the scenes. I must admit, I wasn't following that closely. What what was happening? Well, as you know, people. Well, Don King was desperately looking to try and get out of the two million dollars that he was to pay uh, for his fight between Manny Char and Trevor Bryant. It was supposed to happen for the Panamanian. Well, see, going forward, I, I really want to make a stand with these bastards, and I, I really don't want to even reference them. I didn't want to even mention them. So I think I need to think of something how to fucking call these these bastards. Anyway, well, Andy, you, did you see on Twitter the World Boxing Net or whatever they're called said they were dis they weren't recognising the yeah. WBA anymore? You you were doing this three or four years ago when you were calling the yeah. Panamanians. You, you're ahead of your time. Yeah, I know, and. Well, I, there's, I've spoken to people privately in that as well, and you know, I, Kurt knows, you you guys know that that I have fucking had a big man burn about, about them for years. I have tried to get uh, you know, scoops for them. I've had to try to speak to them and stuff. Meetings have been set up with them, and uh, they've cancelled on me, and they just they just fuck just fucked me around. And in the end, when I called them out and stuff, it was no long after the the Murata Nandam uh, first fight. All that bollocks, and they uh, ended up having to block me. Um, because I wasn't having, having his bullshit anymore and stuff. But anyway, let's go, let's go back to the situation. So anyway, Don King's on the hook for two million quid, sorry, two million dollars. I believe Manny Chara was to get one point five, and Trevor Bryan was to get, I think it was five hundred thousand. Now this all goes back to last March. Uh, you know, Don King wins uh, wins the bid. Uh, it was directed by a Panamanian, believe it or not, Aurelio Finigo. Um, he directed the the first bid back in March. Uh, Don King wins it. Um, he was talking about where is this fight going to happen and stuff. And they were talking about Vegas, New York, and Sasha, um, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, all these fucking hot spots and stuff like that. You know, the the bashing of boxing, it was just never going to happen. Um, 
Then I think there was, I think as, as Gabe Nutt was mentioning there about, uh, about Hellenes, the, the Kwanaki fight was then, was then mentioned. Um, I think it was just basically kind of allowed to free a wilder to fight as well uh, at some point. But as, as things kind of went on and stuff, obviously the, the fight was never signed officially for a, an arena. Um, there was allegations, uh, um, drug tests getting failed. You know, Trevor Bryant had any thoughts since 2018. Um, Berminster Vern hasn't won a fight in five years just, just to put that in there for perspective here, so anyway, Don King applies to the WBA to try and get a money charge uh, stripped, um, in their statement WBA stated that um, it was strictly based on their regulations so this is the, the internal rules of the Panamanian Association they directed uh, um, rule 14 apparently it dictates all boxers Promoters, re representatives are obliged to know and familiarise themselves with WBA regulations. Char couldn't, couldn't get a visa in time, right? Which, is, which they say it's his fault, right? He can't get in the country and stuff like that. <clears throat> I don't know. Is, is it because he's sitting that he can't get a visa and stuff like that, or is it because of the COVID? I don't know. Anyway, Don King gets what he wants. I believe Manny gets put up to the champ recess. I believe it is. Yep. <laughs> And this was made for the vacant regular title. They're running out of belts because you've got uh, Hellenes is the gold champion, I believe, um, and you've got a global champion, I believe, as well. Was that was that no Joyce at one point? Wasn't um, uh, Trevor Bryan gold champion at one point? I think he was the interim champion. Was he interim? It's just, it's just honestly, mate, to just try to keep my head around about this and stuff, and try to kind of, it's just an absolute shambles. Um, as I say. King basically filed for a special permit to get the, the Panamanians to either strip char or demote him to champion in recess, right? It says the guy hasn't fought in so many years, and I believe it's all tied to the to the lawsuit with uh, Kendo, right? The situation is so fucking bad, the belts are now clogged up, nobody can fight for them by the looks of it, and it seems to be that the rules are getting made up just to suit the situation as it goes along. So internally, it's a fucking mess. An absolute fucking mess. I didn't want to mention the fight. <coughs> the guy took a shot late in the fight, top of the head, and he collapsed, really, and that was it. They couldn't take it, and the fight was stopped. It was an absolute shambles. That's what it is, mate. An absolute shambles. Uh, Gabe, donking, people are saying, oh, donking, this, that and the other. He's made his money. He doesn't give a shit, does he, donking? He's just here to fuck about and sort of mess, you know, till he snuffs it, basically. And I bet you he'll have contracts all lined up so that he'll be fiddling around with boxing for the next 20 years. Don's going to haunt these fighters from the grave. He doesn't care. He just wants to mess about. He's having fun. Yeah, it's strange because it, it, it's almost like he has no real intention of doing anything besides stirring the fucking pot. I mean... I, I don't, I just don't understand it at all because it, if you're not going to do something with these guys, then why don't you just number one, turn them loose? I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's too fucking moral of an idea for boxing to comprehend. And then especially Don King, who, I mean, we're going to have to dig into the history there. I'm sure all the listeners know about his, his uh, sordid past and the kind of things that he's done, uh, you know, obviously, as far as I can tell, the guy has no fucking morals. But, um, you know, even if that's the case, even all that bullshit aside, Don King is fucking Don King. The 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 real crazy thing that I, I this this just really wraps my brain in knots trying to understand it. Why in the fuck would anyone ever sign with Don fucking King? I mean, he's known to rip people off. He's known as a guy whose fighters sit on the sideline forever 
And uh, I mean, that's at this point, I can't for the life of me figure out why anyone would sign with Don King. I mean, you would think that it would be better off to be a, a free agent roaming around wherever you can get a fight. If you can parlay that into a couple of wins, take a stab at that because you're going to make more money doing that than you'll ever make for Don King. I mean, then any money you do make, he's going to take fucking more than he's supposed to. So I don't understand it myself. I, I just, I really can't quite wrap my brain around the idea of signing. Gabe, with Gabe, I th- sorry to interrupt you. I think one thing that King always was notorious for back in the day was the cold, hard cash sell. He would come at you, wouldn't he? And these, you know, you think of the guys from the streets and that they had their eye, their head turned by the big um, suitcase full of money. Even if it was only 50 grand, I say only 50 grand, but you know what I mean? In the context, you'd be like, here, look at all this money. And they're like, oh, Don King, he's like hypnotizing them. I don't know if he still does that or not, but there's a lure, there's an attraction, there's a charm about him. I guess so. I mean, look, I'll be honest with you. Whenever I watch videos of Don King, they're they're pretty interesting. Um, he's an interesting character. So I can certainly understand exactly what you're saying, Stevie, because it makes perfect sense. Like if the guy's in front of you, he's going to talk his way into it. And then, you know, then the other side of it is the allure of the cash that he's got in front of him. I mean, he is really an extraordinary character and, and will be remembered as such. Um, but, but I, I don't see how you can know that about him and still be that blind to, to what he does. It's not a surprise. It's not a mystery. Um, there was uh, – who was the guy fought Triple G, uh, Ares Landy Laura, um, Armenian guy, uh, uh, Martyrosian. Martyrosian. Yeah, yeah, Vaney, Vaney Martyrosian. Uh, uh, that motherfucker – was having all kinds of fights. And then I think he was with Golden Boy or maybe he was going to sign with Golden Boy. Uh, or maybe it was in that uh, time frame where they were actually signing guys to Al Heyman stuff, you know, whenever uh, the Swiss banker was fucking people over left and right. Um, but for some reason, he signed with Don King. And I remember several years back after the Triple G fight, he put out an announcement that said he's basically retired because he couldn't get a fight. Don King... Uh, to my knowledge, understanding of the situation, wouldn't get him a fight. And this was a guy that, you know, I mean, he's not a world beater, uh, but he and he had been in some really shitty fights, but he had some good fights too, and he had some skills. And I think that, you know, if he was with any other promoter, he could have gotten potentially at least a world title shot legitimately as a as a competitor, as opposed to just an opponent on short notice, like he got with uh, with uh, Golovkin. So I mean. I don't know, man. It's a great question. Um, no answer. Andy, I've said before uh, about Trevor Bryan, he's a bit like uh, Ebony Bridges to me. I wasn't sure whether he was real or not, but I saw him in the flesh. And I don't want to shit on everybody all the time, but I mean, he's not great. If he's holding a version of the world title and that, he beat up BJ Flores, I think, before, but he got the job done in the end. But you're looking at the status to Vern, like you said. This, I mean, Stavern got the rematch with Wilder. King's working for him. He's getting in these opportunities. But if you're looking at Brian in comparison to the likes of guys like Joe Joyce, who I mentioned, he's got to be doing a bit better than that. He lasted it in the end and he got rid of Stavern, but I wasn't impressed with what I saw by Trevor Bryan. The stadium, man. I mean, the gut hanging over the top there and stuff. It's just, it's, I mean, he has no fought since 2018, as I say. So that's going on three years. And it says, look, maybe comes out that's looking good. Don King is, is, is apparently accused. He won, no having the venue. 
uh, arranged now. It was rumoured to be taking place in the, the Seminole Rock Casino, right? It eventually, it did take place there, but Boxer Scene had confirmed that they'd phoned and there was nothing been booked that week. So it's just been recently been booked, either just like a few days before the fight. Contracts when they sent out, Char, uh, his lawyers claiming that they hadn't received a contract and stuff. Um, there were rumours about the baby Shumanov fight, who was meant to be fighting on that card and that. Um, he did. He he ended up the, uh, didn't fighting. Um, and then, as I say, just going back to King and the Panamanians. So says Stavern hasn't won a fight since 2015, right? And he, for all, for some reason, was deemed fit and worthy to fight for a so-called version of a world title. Now, this is a guy who got the sh- absolute shit kicked out of him from Deontay Wilder and Joe uh, twice and Joe Joyce. No, and he's still fighting for a world titles. I say, hasn't he, hasn't he got a win five years, right? And he's somehow been manoeuvred into a world title fight. Now, obviously, King would have said a fortune probably. They probably didn't need to pay anywhere near that $2 million that he actually won with the purse bid. Uh, I imagine Charles going to be going to court and stuff and that as well. But just just, just, just think about it. If if, uh, if if Stavern can get a world title fight off that, anybody can. Steve, you could get a fucking fight with these bastards tomorrow. I pick up the phone, phone up Mendoza, I offer him 10 grand, you're ranked by tomorrow night, buddy. I'm fucking yeah, telling you, they are so fucking corrupt that you can phone up and say, well, I want a special permit request to have a guy stripped of his fucking belt, right? Two days later, he's automatically demoted, stripped, so to speak, demoted, I don't I don't give a fuck, doing a champion recess, whatever, honour or privilege, whatever that is, right? It's a complete and utter joke. Now, Char has got his own problems with the paid and all that sort of stuff. Has he fought? Has he been active? Bloody fucking blah. But they fuckers have put this situation on themselves. They've got four belts, five belts in a heavyweight division. That's five, six, there's fucking eight, nine belts up for grabs just now in that fucking division. If you, if you include the other uh, uh, sanctioned bodies and that as well. They kind of keep getting away with this shit. And the World Boxing News... You know, okay, people might might take the piss out of oh, well, that's not really gonna gonna achieve much. What's well, they making a fucking stand? We said not gonna fucking recognise them. Maybe the Ring Magazine, Boxing News, what about PBC, Top Rank, BT, Sky? What about y'all doing the fucking same? I mean, uh, Bob Mee's never never near on Sky these days, but he was one of the guys on Sky back what five, six, ten years ago, kicking up fuck about the situation with the belts and stuff like that. Every fucking year it's the same. Oh, we're going to reduce the belts. No, we can't now because we've got so much fucking lawsuits. Now you've got Merlot, you've got, you've got Fredo Kendall challenging everything that Manny Char does, it, apparently, right? With lawsuits against the WBA, or sort of the Panamanians. Now, can you imagine Manny Char is going to be fucking pulling up lawsuits that now at the back of this? Don King's going to have to fucking get involved now with fucking lawsuits just because he wants a bit of banter. Andy, you won't see the likes, of, you won't see the magazines or the ring or boxing news or anything campaigning against it because then it comes down to like not necessarily access, but in the future, say the ring, Oscar De La Hoya is looking to use the WBA or it's it's not in their, their interests, unfortunately, to speak out about these things because it'll come back to bite them in the future. You know the way boxing is. Well, I don't know, mate. All it takes is like a, one lawsuit to fucking bust the whole fucking shebang. WBC were very close to it. These fuckers are riding the fucking waves. You know, I'm telling you, two million, you know, two million dollars. How much a, a cut are they getting? Usually, heavyweight title fights are at least six figures at post bids for for the uh, sanctioned bodies. 
Um, as I said, I don't know uh, what happened with the food, full two million there, but if Don King's involved, you can guarantee not, not there was nowhere near two million fucking paid out to Stavern and Trevor Bryant there uh, last night or whenever it was Friday night, whatever it was. Absolute shit show. Absolute if fucking Stavern shit show. and Bryant got paid more than a goat and an onion. Everybody got ripped off. <laughs> The thing is, Matty, does it make it worse or does it not matter by the fact that it's the WBA? They were sort of the original sanctioning body and, you know, does does it really matter? It feels worse to me that they're doing it because they're that sort of part of boxing's lineage. But he's, well, he's, he's I, not saying Trevor Bryan, he's not saying Trevor Bryan's going to fight Maya Char by, next, uh, by May. So, Can you imagine that? So, I think ultimately that I guess what it goes to show is since they've been around the longest and uh, we kind of have seem to believe that they've... Uh, gone to come on to be the worst that it shows the longer that these bodies exist with the power that they have the more corrupt they're going to get so what's happened to the wba is then going to happen down the line with what would be the wbc then the uh wbo then the ibf was the ibf the last one created of those i can't even remember but yeah i believe uh, so and, and that's and that's the way that it'll probably work and it i think the interesting question is does it actually work better under a UFC kind of uh, kind of idea where you just buy up as many fighters as you can and you say, you're fighting you and this is how much you're paid. And That's what the TBC is trying to do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they're trying to clean, trying to set it up that way. Maybe that is the better way to go about it if it's going to keep going in this direction because we don't get the fights regardless. And at this point in time, we don't get the fights, and the ones we do we do get really aren't of the quality that they that they could be in a truly competitive market. I don't know. Well, whenever Mendoza says he's getting rid of the belt, so um, this is my response. Stop it! Stop! Stop! Stop the fake news! Stop! There you go, Gilberto. If you're listening, I've heard a God. Didn't they protect Guillermo Jones for years? Yeah, even even with the pen test and that as well. Yeah, right? he was uh-huh. he beat the fuck out of uh, Lebedev, wasn't it? Lebedev, yeah, Dennis I mean, that was a brutal fight. And look, hey, I love Lebedev. That guy has balls. Uh, oh, fuck that me, fucking man. fight was fucking nuts. And his face was—he I mean, just fucked up nine ways from Sunday. But uh, <laughs> god damn, that was a hell of a fight. And and that guy was on PEDs then too. I think it was several tests he popped. Uh, Richard Wetton in the chat says that the Boxing News have indeed uh, made a stand against the WBA, so fair play to them. We shall be making a stand as well. That's why we're the light leading you out the darkness. So go and hit that like uh, button, that thumbs up to to show YouTube that you like a bit of Boxing Asylum on a Sunday evening. Rapping Rob Kelly has jumped on the call. Always great to hear from you, Rob. How are you indeed? bit deflated, Steve, to be honest with you. <laughs> sport, sport in general seems to be in the toilet. It's not just you know. What cancel I mean? all sport, Rob. You think cancel all sport? Yeah, I think cancel all sport until twenty twenty two. I think this is the fairest thing at this stage. You know, Agent Duffy, uh, Agent Duffy, come home. Ah, poor old Duffy man. I actually got to the stage. I'm gone past the rage stage with him. It's no, you know that when like you're in a bad relationship and you don't fucking you want to kill him then for a while and then afterwards you just fucking feel sorry for him. That's kind of where it is where it's at <laughs> now at the moment. I've Rob, Rob. 
He knows the ribs, man. He knows the ribs. <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you one thing. You could do with some. It could do with some cross sport, fucking uh, cross hybrid sport at the moment between boxing and soccer. See what the fuck could come of that. He probably fucking missed the punches as well. He could, could be unbelievable. Actually, he might be an unbelievable boxer, Duffy, because he misses that many headers. He might miss a lot of punches as well. So <laughs> I don't. I don't want to fuck it. Though. I, I, no, I, I mean, I want to see Morelos fighting and pride. Actually, to be honest with you, they soccer kicks, right. you know. <laughs> uh, I'd I'd vote for it. Put it that way. <laughs> I will tell you what, Rob, Rob, you might see one of these boys turning up on a Don King card if you're not uh, so soon. If you're not a careful, we just talking Don, about that now. A Don King, Donkey, more like it. Anyway, let's not fucking digress uh, into the into the soccer world. Let's say uh, we're gonna we're gonna do that someday. Myself and Andy, uh, an old firm yeah, asylum yeah. for the crack of one off. But um, uh, no, I I mean I mean in general with the sports, the deflation thing. I mean I feel like we're kind of even though we are back in the same position as we were when the first lockdown started i kind of feel in those similar vibes where the fights are just dog shit and it's like getting tougher no disrespect to any of that i love coming on to talk to the panel and the listeners and that but it's very difficult to get motivated for a two and a half hour podcast <laughs> when the fucking main fight on it was fucking trevor oh, no, man. We, we need to get sponsored man. by the british viagra clinic i think to get up for these oh, sunday evenings man how do you keep doing it, man? I mean, there's fucking... There's, there's, honestly, even try to watch old fights just now, I just kind of get up for it, man. There's like, nothing really to get up for it. Yeah. But Bermain Stavon, even, like, I'm, I, I, he's the kind of guy I feel sorry for because at one stage, like, a lot... a lot, Like, boxing is savage and football and all these sports are savage and the fans are fickle. But I remember a time where before the Stavon-Wilder fight, everybody wanted Stavon to beat Wilder, like... They were like, he's the, he's the first American champion. Stavern is the man. He beat Ariola. Everybody wanted fucking Stavern to flatten Wilder because everyone was saying, Wilder's a complete hype job. He can't box. He's shit. whoop de woo And then look at him, like, folded like a fucking deck chair in the rematch. Stumped by Joe Joyce. And then, I didn't watch this fight, man. I don't think I've ever watched a Trevor Bryan fight. If I have, I have I've watched it by accident, not knowing who he is. But I just saw, I saw a friend, I had a mutual friend on, with him on Facebook, who was tagging him in or whatever, and his Facebook, his Facebook tagline is WBA World Heavyweight Champ. I thought, look, man, he's even buying into it. Like, do you know what I mean? The regular fucking belt holder. He's calling himself oh, the remember WBA. Eubank. Remember Eubank when he picked up that fucking that that, the that, IBO? that flash? No, no, Which no, is... no, 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 no. She, she mean he beat you know, I think he beat oh, him for, yeah. right, for, for one of, for one of the world regular bollocks. Yeah. Stuff like. he defended against Tony Jetta, didn't yep. he, Andy? Yep, yep. And he sat ringside that fucking night, get interview and came. You said this is a real world title. Ah, but head butted my fucking screen monitor. By the way, yeah. you fucking twat. So this kind of shit, man. I don't know. Caleb versus Caleb. Uh, fucking more action in Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> Love it. That's Fuck only it. because you haven't seen the director's cut. With your family. That's one for our younger listeners, Rob. Yeah, yeah. I like that film. Yeah. I like that film. That's one for the I forget me. I forget I'm an old bastard sometimes. Yeah. Uh, fuck me. That would have been one of them ones comes on the telly and your man. I want to watch it with your kid. You're like, what is this shit? Man? Not a fucking, not a gunshot, not a booby, nothing. Um, but yeah. No, I fucking I like Caleb Plant, man. I do I do like him as a fighter. I think he's got a lovely style. I actually think he's probably of the 168 pounders outside Benavides and Canelo. I think he's about the best of them. Um I like him versus Canelo down the line. There's a lot of talk about that at the moment. But really, in real in, in real terms, all the 68 pounders at the moment have fuck all interest in fighting each other or defending titles. They're all just waiting for the shout to be pulled out of the Canelo lottery, really. Like, aren't they? 
So that's what I said. They're all hanging about like Canelo fight. They're all hanging about like Canelo fight. They don't give a fuck about PBC, about Dazon, about Legacy. If you're at 168, if you're 160 to 75 at the moment, it seems like there's three divisions on hold looking for a pop at Canelo. And honestly, Caleb Plant is a good fighter, and I think he gives Canelo a good fight. I don't think he has the power to keep him off him. But... Got some um, problems early though with the movement and stuff. Hundred percent. That kind of side to side movement as well. Yeah. It was brilliant. That change, dropping change in the left hook. That as well. he, he Four or five rounds, right. maybe. But I think Canelo's yeah. not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't think he's got the tank. But you can see him. He switches. You can circle to the right. Then immediately kind of come back to the left and that. Job, he's good, and he's, he's the not, he knocks well, fellas out. He knocks fellas out sometimes with just hitting them with perfect shots where he clips them. Yeah, and the, shots the gas so, is in there. The gas is not there. But I think. Well, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was kind of trying to make a case for could Caleb Plant beat Canelo, but I honestly don't see a fighter between sixty and seventy-five that can beat him. Maybe, maybe the guy is actually sorry up up at seventy-five, like but Toby Evan, those guys probably would. But one sixty to sixty-eight, nobody's beating Canelo. Nobody in the current crop. I don't even think. I don't think the Charlo. I think he beats both the Charlos as well. Like so, not even Varda. <laughs> Not even Fada, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's pretty it's pretty um grim in the boxing world at the moment, especially when there's own the Kovalev Kovalev go go gets popped for the fucking juice. And I've now got a triple G documentary made up of highlights of interviews with Matthew Macklin and fucking Buddy McGirt from E199. So I haven't even got Kovalev coming up. It's fucking it's all very grim at the moment. Yeah, feeling low at the moment, lads. If it couldn't get any grimmer, Rob, just briefly going back to the heavyweights, we were talking about the great Don King still haunting the boxing scene. He's not afraid to use fighters as a pawn, you know, the way he did with Christopher <laughs> Lovejoy. He's not afraid to throw the cash about. He's still not. People still sign with him. Oh, I, I, he was making me on that card as well. Christopher Lovejoy, aye. What a loser. What happened with that saga? Who cares, actually? That's fucking, who gives a shit? Um, that's, yeah, the Don King thing, dude. I actually don't even know. I think he's just in it for the sport himself at the moment. Like, he must have some kind of vindictive streak in him where he just loves ripping people off. And, like, honestly, people still keep going for it. Why would he retire? I mean, who was it? I think it was Hater Dave. Or it might have been um, Donnie one time, actually, was giving us the history on uh, never, give a, never Give a Sucker an Even Break. And that definitely rings true. And Don, Don King is, you know, his catchphrase is only in America. He definitely believes in the American dream. He says, and he used to always say that he is the American dream. He didn't have the complexion for the protection, as he says. Um, and he managed to beat the IRS. Well, so, it what's so hypocritical about it, though? Get federal Rico charges by if you get a federal Rico charge, you ain't getting off. But, but Don King gets off. But what's, gets so, off. what's so hypocritical about it at the end of the day is the fact that, and I think the only way is to kind of put it into a joke, is that. Yeah, the two entities that have uh, fucked over black people the most in the United States are the U.S. government and Don King. Don King. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well Don Don King Don King cares about one color, one color, and it's a color I'm very fond of myself. Green, it's green. Yeah, <laughs> that's a losing color this year, boy. Depends what side of the spectrum you're on. You can still be a winner. You know what I mean. <laughs> So but let's, fair play to Don King, though. We got to give him credit. I, I was thinking about this second. I was like, why would anyone sign, sign with Don King? And it's obviously the name now. But think back like 15 years ago. He was ahead of the times when he couldn't get the networks to buy a Corey Spinks fight, which God bless the networks. Thanks for not buying a Corey Spinks fight. Don King started uh, going in and, uh, and and started putting stuff out over the Internet. His problem is he didn't have the talent to stay. I hear that's going to be big, card. that Internet. 
What's that? <laughs> I hear it's going to be big, that internet. Yeah. But this was, <laughs> but you got to think that like 2005 and he was getting ahead oh. with it with Don King TV and things King like Vision. that. King Vision. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he was still an innovator, but he simply did not have the talent to be able to maximize uh, these ideas that he had, which still were exceptional at the time, and he was ahead of it. Who was it that told the story on the pod, Andy? Was it you about him that he did he try to did he try to sign one of the Klitschko's or something, and he had a piano? Yeah. Playing yeah. an automated version of the favorite <laughs> he's, fucking song. He's, he's playing. He's, he's like a Russian, like like Dukovsky or something. Like that. I, I can't mind. It's like some Russian composer. So the Don King's like, ha ha! I can play that. Watch this. Goes up to the fucking piano. Big white fucking piano, right? He's fucking playing it. I think it was Vitaly. He was like pretending to be looking at the pictures on the wall. So he's like maneuvering himself around about the room to get a watch that King's fucking actually got his hands on his lap and the fucking keys are up and down on their own. <laughs> Andy, this is a guy. That, this is a guy who did a fundraiser for a hospital and then took his eighty-five percent cut at the end and left the hospital with about six grand. Uh, <laughs> fuck me! What Even a guy! Grand would be debatable, uh, debatable. but I actually oh. that story's on, on the Klitschko documentary. I, I'm sure it's Vitaly that tells it. Like, like oh, what a chancer! All jokes aside, though, he has put on some of the greatest cards we've ever seen in mm-hmm. the history of the sport, and he has yeah. promoted some of the biggest events and fights. He happens Proper to be stack cards. Proper, but like if in terms of fighters signing with, signing with him, sometimes I think where fighters are so hungry to get on, and so few fighters actually get to the top level in terms of earning. Sometimes I think they just clutch at straws. Like you see, you see the music as well. People sign shitty record deals at the start because they're just hungry to get get on and get started and stuff like. And you know, Don is waving the foot. You imagine exactly like you go to his house and the fucking piano's playing itself, man. You want to sign with him, don't you? Like fuck me. I I just want there to kind of be an afterlife so that Don King can be there because I think it could just be one of the most hilarious things either. It'd be it's an allegory of purgatory. Maybes <laughs> and Hades. Yeah, I just it writes it fucking self. The thing is, though, Andy, we talk about why do people sign with him, but we always assume that people have choices. They say, oh, why do you sign with Don King when you could have signed with, I don't know, DAZN or PBC? But maybe they're not interested. The likes of Trevor Bryan. What options has he got? Maybe Don King's the only person knocking on his door. Yeah. Really? Fucking <laughs> Don, really? I mean, look at him. Why would you knock on his door? Maybe to ask for a pint of milk. Other than that, you wouldn't want to sign him up, would you? No. I know. I mean, look, I, I, I didn't know too much about Trevor Bryan's background and stuff. As you say, maybe, maybe his, his, his contacts. I say, listen, the only person I know. Yeah, again, it could be that. It could be a contact situation. Who knows? But even at this point, you need to be really loving on Pluto to be signing with Don King these days. Really, the game says, man, you, you need to be like not interested in boxing, no knowledge brainless, gormless, that I say, sign motherfucker. You need to be. I mean, Stavern's like, even when he held that belt, I, I don't even think he was active. I don't think even he was active at the time, actually. He beats Big Nips, right, over the course of t- uh, two years. Was right? it even for the title? Do you remember? that? But he won, like, the, the interim the or something, and they upgraded him. The rematch was for the, was for the, the vacant title. Um, I'm pretty sure it was because... Um, Oh, I think uh, Klitschko had vacated or something at that point, or he'd been upgraded to that Emeritus or whatever it was, uh, status and stuff. Anyway, he wins that against uh, against Big Nips. Doesn't fight for a year, gets beat by Wilder. He then he fights about 11 months later. Then he fights Wilder two years after that. And the rematch for the world title. 
that was a farcical rematch. That and was then, them playing the WBC rankings, wasn't it? Yeah, and then like a year, a year and a bit after that, he fights Joe Joyce with Commonwealth belt. And then, as I say, lo and behold, a few years later, he's fighting Trevor Bryant in the world title. Hasn't he won a fight since 2015 against Derek Rossi? A UD. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, Jason Chukwu says, I'm loving this pre-obituary of the gourd. This, that gives me an idea, actually. I think I'll just cut this out, and then whenever King snuffs it, I'll maybe just play it on the YouTube and save us save us putting the work in on this Sunday evening, episode 408. Andy's here still. Gabe, Rob Kelly, Matty. Ozzy's joined us. I'll come to Ozzy very shortly to hear what he thought of the heavyweights, plus Caleb Plant. We'll be going to Andy with the Mexicans in Canada. Before we do so, let's have a look at some of these iTunes reviews I mentioned earlier. People have been leaving five stars, and less than five stars. Shame on them. Czar Christoph wasn't one of them. He said the absolute best five stars, not only the best boxing podcast, but also the best podcast irrespective of genres. The camaraderie between the panel is unrivaled and natural, and the guys really know their boxing. Thank you to you, Christoph. Uh, 4130thegun says, must subscribe. Exce- excellent, exceptional, excelling experience. Uh, five stars from Charles Lindner, who says it's no next big pod, but it's a contender. I suppose we'll take that. And bias alert for one star Richie TM, who says the hosts have a clear bias and can't see past it. Too much swearing to be able to listen to it anywhere other than the garden shed. Well, that's all right for you, Richie, because that's probably the only place that you uh, ever end up in. So that's the reviews, everybody. If you want to go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify or any of those places and leave us a five star review during the month of January. Gabe, have you left a review? Too much swearing. Too much swearing. I was just about to say, fuck that guy. He's a real cunt. What did he think he was going when he, when he was starting to listen to us after the first five minutes? What did he think? There was there was people moaning. The people been moaning the last couple of weeks. There's been no been enough squared on the podcast. Now they're fucking leaving reviews saying there's too much. Yeah, what what's going on? Well, listen up in your garden shade, are you? <laughs> Here's a message for you. Here's a message for you in the garden shed, boys. Here's a message for the garden shed. We want to be honest. Yeah, you're a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole. I hope you fucking die. <laughs> bit harsh, but uh, on the on the message there. Yeah, very very much on point. Very very much on point. But as I say, in the garden shed, you're a wrong one, you boy. <laughs> no wrong no, no no wrongins in the chat, boys. AA boxing and blunts has joined us. Welcome to you, the Motor City Cobra. The take aims are still hanging around, doing a great job with the spanner. Uh, Jason Chukwu Wellings, my stream is freezing. It's your fault. Oh, sorry about that, Jason. Des is there as well. The main man, Jim McDonald Boxing, rap star boxing knowledge as well. Uh, what was going on down in Mexico then, Andy? A few Canadians uh, dishing out a few beatings. I, beaten, uh, yeah, basically. I had Tiger Promotions. Uh, I think that's, uh, oh, I forget the trainer's name, Matt Ramsey. I think that's, that's, that's his crew. And that. So basically, some of the Canadians, uh, Stephen Butler's Canadian, and uh, Akmedov, who's a Kazakhstani, but he's based in Canada. They went down to Mexico and had uh, a couple of fights. Butler, I, I showed you the, the knockout and that. What a knockout. Basically, uh, Marcus uh, catches him with my right hand, uh, just steps in and catches him with my left hook, drops him, just like a bad habit, absolutely just evil, evil knockout. Uh, wasn't to get off it, just kind of lay there and that. And I actually went away and checked Marcus's record. Actually, that guy's been in tough. He fought, he went at distance with Lekaraga uh, um, early on last year. Um, he went at distance with Suzuko for France. He's even been in with. Erickson Lubin went distance with him. Alejandro Barrera, I think he was on the cusp of a world title fight at one point. Um, so he's been in with some decent competition and stuff. So that's a, that's a, that's a huge shock, actually. I would probably say that was a few belts on the line in that as well. Uh, Butler's one of the Canadian fighters, and that was kind of highly thought of in that, but then he gets beat off Marata. 
put up a kind of really nothing performance and stuff. Was brave enough. Um, I didn't know where he goes for here. Um, at Medoff, he fought a guy called Stefan Daniel, a guy from Holland, uh, multiple belts in the fight uh, on the line, Francophone, NABF, even the Panamanians even got on, on the show as well. Um, so I don't know how the Francophone, but obviously Daniel must be some sort of French country, whatever, I'm not too sure, but at Medoff wins on points, pretty dominant, as I say, but uh, not right home, but, but that Butler knockout was, was pretty impressive, probably knockout the weekend. Andy, we can't mention Butler without the requisite to go on YouTube and look at that time when it kicked off. I think it was like a oh, din- dinner show. They're all sitting having their dinner. It kicks off ringside and they start throwing the champagne buckets in the ring <laughs> and it hits your man on the head. It was, I think it was Butler's opponent, was it? Uh, I, 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 did they not get knocked out at that point? Or something or iced. <laughs> Literally iced. I'm trying to remember the did. He got knocked out the boy, and then the fucking bucket came in, and he's trying to like okay. win the bucket, and then he got knocked it back up again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was cute. Oh, I need to go and try. That back could have ended one. badly, what man. Fight was that again? Do you remember that? No, it was Stephen Butler against somebody. I, I can't remember. You fought Carson Jones at Stephen Butler actually. Went seven rounds with him. Right. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, go and have a look. Go and look up Stephen Butler. I don't know crowd fight or something on YouTube, and she'll turn up if it's still there. Uh, Ozzy's with us. Good evening, Ozzy. How are you? I tried to load the YouTube, but what did you say? Sorry. I was just asking how you are, Ozzy. Nothing more, nothing less. Oh, good. Thanks, mate. Good. How are you? I'm not too bad at all. Not too bad. A packed weekend of action. We've talked about heavyweights. We've talked about Caleb Plant. It's like offering you a shit sandwich or a diarrhea bun, I think. Which one do you want to start with? Neither of those sandwiches, that's for sure. Um, let's start with the big men. A quality action, wasn't it, provided by Don King. Somehow got a WBA world t- version of a world title on the line for two fatties, Trevor Bryan and Bermaine Stiverne. I can't say I watched it in any great detail, uh, aside from the fact that um, any form of world title should not be near, should not have been near this fight. Um I mean, I think we saw what Bermaine Stiverne offered last time when he boxed Joe Joyce, and that was absolutely fuck all. He was in no sort of shape last night uh, on Friday. Trevor Bryan, the same. Uh, and again, yeah, it's one of the, any legit heavyweight isn't, isn't going to be quaking in the boots. But I certainly think Trevor Bryan won't be short of any, short of any offers now. Not really sure what this Manuel Char situation is champion in recess i mean he was clearly able to fight uh, don king just fucked him up because he bid two million dollars for a purse bid between brian and char so no wonder he tried to uh he got the wba to intervene so he didn't have to pay that ridiculous purse that he put out um but i've probably said too much on it already it, it shouldn't be i mean the wba are an embarrassment absolute embarrassment for what they've been doing the way they changed the rankings just to shoe on Stiverne the day before the fight it, it, it's laughable really and I, I saw uh, World Boxing News you know won't recognise them now but it's going to take promoters to stop recognising them but it's never going to happen because it's all too often it's too easy you know to get them opportunities uh, we've seen all sorts of promoters do it uh, and it's not with any, it's with all organisations 
and it's one of them. It's quite laughable. But like I said, I wouldn't be shocked to see Brian pop up somewhere potentially on you know a, a zone show, or you know he even gets brought over to the UK to fight one of the UK heavyweights. Even Edward, it, it wouldn't shock you whatsoever. If Dan, I tell you what, if if Daniel Dubois, I, I would not. I would take the Trevor Bryan fight in his comeback fight, without a doubt. I agree. He would smash Bryan to bits, and he would have that accolade of having a version of a world title in his comeback fight. I would take that without a doubt. And that's going to be the sort of stuff you know people are going to be looking at. Joe Joyce is obviously well beyond that, but I would have said if the Usyk fight was dead in the water, go and get Bryan, go and get that version of that world title. And then, you know, it can put you in some sort of position. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is, isn't it? It is what it is. We, we just need to see Saul Farah get the opportunity. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> yes, you know, Don King, that's, that is the calibre of opponent Don King will be looking at. Uh, but I saw Bogdan Dinu got a push-up to ranked up to number three, so I did wonder if the first defence is going to be Brian against Dinu on a, another Don King show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pay per view as well. right? He got beat off Jarrell Miller, right? Stopped, got beat off Pulev, got stopped, and he's come back. He's had two knockout fights against bums, absolute bums in Bulgaria. Wasn't Dinu's <laughs> claim to fame being the victim for Pulev, and then Pulev went on to Jenny Sushi Gate? Ah, uh, he, 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 I think he, he, he actually gave Pulev a bad cut or something like above his eye. Yeah. And then, yeah. then Pulev started dry ride Jenny Sushi Bar. <laughs> <laughs> he gave, she gave him a lap dance. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the his, it was Gashi's old man backstage, wasn't it? <laughs> it ain't no, it ain't no fun if the homies can't have none, as uh, Paul Evan and the, and the boys were saying. <laughs> uh, but um, when the door goes, so do the hose. That, that's uh, that's actually a short version of his name, Bogdan Dino. His full name is Bogdan Dini 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 Dino. Ding dan do, ding dan do. I don't know if he's doing that or not, but uh, that's true. Sorry, Ozzy, carry on. <laughs> no, uh, look, the, the, there's nothing much to say about it, is there? The, the fight was what it was. It was an absolute laughing stock and a shambles. Um, as for Caleb Plant against Caleb Truax, a bit disappointed with Plant. I, I thought, you know, uh, Truax was kind of it. Kind of there, you know, for the taking after, you know, probably, you know, eight rounds, seven, eight rounds. And uh, Plant just didn't kick on. And I think. I think he needed that performance plan to look. I'm not. I'm not saying that being able to dispatch Caleb Truax, you know, makes you, you know, from say elite to world level. But I think it would have been impressive to do so. I mean, we always say that you can, you know, it's in, the way champions dispatch of certain fighters, and regardless, you know, of the level, they've got to do it the right way. And I don't think Plant did that against Truax, and I mean the. I mean, after watching it myself and then the feedback from everybody else, I think the best word to describe it was was in in a polite way, it's just boring. Could have done um, with a bit of knockout momentum, Aussie, really. Big, yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. He had the hand, though, didn't he? Yeah, he apparently, apparently broke his left hand, but just, there's no explosiveness. There's no explosiveness you know, there's nothing, there's no change of speed, there's no change of power. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no, there's nothing really like. Okay, I guess a guy hurt. He's on the, he's on the, he's the killer instinct. Shall I say? Is that probably the best thing to say? Yeah, yeah. And he laboured to a point to win. 
it, it's like he was just, you know, he's coasting there. He's obviously, a, I didn't know about that hand injury, actually. I wasn't aware of that. But still, though, I mean, fuck me. He was still throwing that hand. Um, yeah, it's it's one of them. I mean, look, he's, he's going to fight again. Um, you'd think that, you know, Canelo's going to beat Billy Joe Son. He'll destroy Yildirim. He'll beat Billy Joe Saunders. And then he's going to be looking for that plant fight at the back end of the year. Plant's certainly going to fight again. So I think that, look, we're not saying, you know, oh, like I said, an impressive win over Truax, you know, will put you in a, you know, yeah, you can give Canelo a fight. But I think it just, you know, it's the manner of the way you dispatch opponents. And you never know. It might be a case of calibre of opponent, um, you perform better. Uh, and last night just wasn't the right, you know, just wasn't an impressive win for Caleb Plant. But at the same time, look, he'll certainly box again before that. Uh, and then he'll be going into the biggest fight of his career against Canelo because, you know, regardless of what people are saying, you know, about Canelo, these fighters aren't on, you know, his level at the moment. He's just going through the division and picking up all the belts. And regardless of the other belt holders, that's not his fault. So I've nothing against that. And if he wants to become, you know, undisputed at super middleweight, good on him and go for it and mop up um, and do so and dispatch, I say, and he beats opponents the way he should do. Look at the way he dealt with Callum Smith. You know, yeah, of course he didn't stop him, but he completely outclassed him. Yes, Plant, you know, was a, was better than Truax, but it wasn't an impressive performance compared to what Canelo's to Smith was. There was an interesting bit in the build-up to that where uh, Truax, that was the only interesting thing in the build-up to it, apart from the two of them having the same name, uh, that Truax pulled a bit of a boxing asylum hardcore move on Twitter and he said on, he put up some tweet and he was like watching PBC fights here Caleb Plant is one round in I'm already hoping he gets knocked out and Plant uh, heard about it and tweeted him was like why don't you come and knock me out like so uh, and then he retweeted it he was like I never forget so he showed him with a 12 round coasting <laughs> I, I, I mean, Honesto, was he from the two Caleb's yeah. well I was going to say that sorry I was going to say that Truax I say his name carries weight and that's because he got that win over what was a corpse of a James DeGale. Had he not got that victory over DeGale, and he got that opportunity completely out of the blue when he was brought over to get beat, um, you would be saying that this is an absolute garbage um, defence. And yeah, of course, look, he's won that world title. No one will ever take that away from him. But, you know, if, if Plant's talking, you know, he wants to be one of the best 168, he should certainly be dispatching of that. Certainly don't want to see that fight again. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Truax does now because obviously, you know, for it wouldn't shock me if he's brought over potentially, you know, on like he's on one of these DAZN cards. It's like, uh, you know, for one of the up and coming super middles, mm. beat a former world champion type of thing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with him if he still wants to box, you know, dropping into that, you know, that caliber of opponent because I certainly think he's got the beating of, you know, certain levels of fighters. And look, if you're not on the game, He'll certainly cause problems, but I think it's shown that, of course, he beat a faded De Gale, but that doesn't necessarily mean you were you were world level. You can say that, but you know, like Liam Smith, I mean, he beat that John Thompson for a world title and then battered that Serb, that Radosevic. But in reality, yeah. yeah, it's not really, a, you know, like world level wins and De Gale, you know, you know the position he was in. I'm because he came back and beat. He obviously, the girl won the rematch. Uh, 
you know, you know that, that that legit world level operator. No, I wouldn't mind seeing Truax do that. Actually, while you're talking about that, reminds me of something. Just indulge me for a couple of minutes. I was talking to somebody during the week, and they were saying about Anthony Fowler. He says, "You think Anthony Fowler will ever win a world title?" And I says, "You know what? I wouldn't put it. I would not rule that out because of the climate of boxing and what Ozzy's saying there about Liam Smith, WBO. If that's the, that can be the standard sometimes." And it took me back in time to a fight in 2004 between Scott Harrison and Samuel Cabeda. You know, this is going a bit left field here, but this is world title fair we're talking about, right? This is, a, I think he was a Somalian or an Ethiopian uh, based in Sweden. Got bought over as a defence for Scott Harrison. Harrison knocked him out in a round. Andy might remember that one. Well, li- listen to this, Andy, right? This is f- this is his, his five fights before he fought Scott Harrison. Samuel Cabeda stepped in as an undefeated fighter to fight for a supposed world title. And th- this is the level of opposition that got in that shot. 11 and 20 fighter Adrian Parler J knocked him out. Then he went over to Hungary to beat an 8 3 and 1 fighter, Aurel Popa. Then he knocked out 7 22 and 2 Bella Sandor in Finland. This is three, this is two fights now away from fighting for a world title, right? He goes in to Cardiff and wins on points against the journeyman Just Wally, 2 4 and 1. And then one fight before he fights Scott Harrison, he goes in against Evgeny Strozov. Nine and two in Finland and wins a unanimous decision over eight rounds. And then he fights for what is classed as a world title. I know I'm going off on one, Andy, but do you remember Kabaydi? I mean, that is an absolute shocking shit show, man. Yeah, but also, when you were talking, I'm just, I was just trying to wrap my brain as to um, the one that uh, had, remember Ian Dark had Frank Warren doing more shoulder rolls than Floyd Mayweather and James Tony combined. Luciano Torres, he fought Joe Calzaghe before he fought Chris Eubank. And he was ranked number three WBO. This guy was in Brazil, he's absolutely fucking shite. And Calzaghe smashed him up, I think it was inside, I think it was two or three rounds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Ian, you would not get this nowadays, right? Ian Dark has got Calzaghe ringside. It's not his fault, right? Calzaghe's been put in the ring with this guy, he's fucking done the business. He can do what he can do. Ian Dark has got Frank Warren ringside there. I, sh- I, sh- I think I should the, me, uh, the link me uh, uh, the other day there, actually. And he's basically calling out the opponent. And Frank Warren's, like, as I say, shoulder roll and all that sort of stuff. And that scene. It was absolutely shocking. Kurt came out with a great comment. If Frank Warren, you know, if Manny McCann turned up, uh, turn up on the fucking WBO rankings, it's because Frank Warren found her, right? Some of the rankings are absolutely deplorable. I say that all. I say that all about Trevor Bryant. Has the won a fight in five years? Somehow, lo and behold, Don King makes a makes a makes a, a request to the Panamanian organization. I want this fight to be made for a world title fight, right? Trevor Bryant's no, no no fought a fight in two years, and as I say, it's 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 the first one a fight in five years. Yeah, he gets a world title fight. As I say, Steve, I can make a phone call tomorrow. Anybody in this podcast wants to get ranked with the WBA, I can get you that ranking. I can make that phone. I can make it happen for you right now. Ten grand is what it's going to cost me. And if you haven't paid sanctioning fees at the level that we've paid sanctioning fees at, yeah, you know, talk about don't that. talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I tell you what, though, you say about Stiverne, his last five fights, three have been for world titles. Yep. Two against Wild, the one against Brian, which was I know it's not a legit world title, but it's you know a version of the world title. He's got it fucking right. He's got one win, which is over Derek fucking Rossi. And then, like I said, he got evaporated off Wilder, absolutely yep. destroyed off Joe Joyce, and then got mm-hmm. banged out again off Brian last night. But yep. you, you were talking about then about the these defenses, and it's obvious the it's the it's the, the um, 
the sanctioning bodies have got to be held accountable for it because but there's that many bauble belts these days first one springs to mind Ebenezer Tete was ranked number 15 in the world by the WBO because he held a WBO Africa belt and that gives him a top 15 ranking which then means he can be eligible for a voluntary defence can you imagine Ebenezer Tete boxing for a WBO world heavyweight title what an embarrassment that would be. And and these sort of fighters are absolute they're not even Commonwealth level, but these bauble belts give people false rankings. We see it all the time these days, and that is why fighters come unstuck so quickly against caliber of opponents they shouldn't be doing. It's because they get these fake rankings. Archie Sharp's another one at the moment. He's ranked WBO three with um uh, uh uh, what's it called, that super feather, there is no way he's anywhere near world level. The guy struggled to a, a win against a domestic opponent last time he boxed. Fair enough, he had an off night, but even on an off night, you should be convinced, convincingly defeating domestic level opponents if you're world level. And it, he's clearly not. But we see it all the time now that you, you fight for, you know, like, um, what was the fight that was announced recently on a matchroom card? Quite Congo against... Oh. oh, for the WBO Global thing. Global, yeah. Oh, that was good then. Who was it? I forgot what it was. It was Congo against... Um, I can't remember. Usually it's Congo against itself. Nah, Chris Congo's a good fighter. Uh, you'll need to tune in and watch him. Oh, uh, McKinson. Michael McKinson. Yeah, Mikey, Mikey McKinson, yeah. that's it. And another win, the, the, another defence of this, and again, they'll be, they'll be into the top ten then, and it's like, come on, these guys well, are the good domestic level fighters. They should be nowhere near world rankings. But you pay the money now, as you've all said, you pay the money for these sanctioning fees and that, that you can buy world rankings. That's what you can buy, the just, bought. Just to say something, mate, see, see that belt that you mentioned, that, that global belt? It only yeah. came into existence in 2018. And here's your holders. Sebastian Formella, who then vacated, you think he will beat off Manuel Ben, eh, Conor Ben. Right, Daro uh, Morello, right? I he must have vacated. No, uh, Luther Clay beat him in Italy. Yeah, yeah, him. yeah, in Italy. Yeah, Luther yeah. Clay then defended it. Then he then lost the, to, to Chris Congo. So he's defending the belt against this Michael McKinson. So McKinson's a good fighter as well. Yeah, it's just, what, it's just so much time. Why does he need? Uh, yeah. He's a good fighter. That's good. That's a good fight. Why does yeah. he need the fucking belt? Where's the flat earth title? Where's the flat earth title? Bear in mind as well. Eddie Hearn's coming out at the moment. He made Josh Warrington vacate his title, and he basically said, at the moment, um, belts don't matter. So why the fuck do you put these stupid ranking belts on the line in all of your good... A good fight is a uh, good fight. It's all about I a journey. Know... We'll try and get ourselves in a mandatory position and ranking yeah. the position of oh, pish. Yeah. I, I would rather see it um, for a what's-it-called... You know, for like an eliminator for the British title. Finally, that for me carries more weight. You've still got to make the weight as well. I remember when we had Jason McClory on the podcast a while ago, and he made a good point, actually, that they get the ranking belts on the line. And, of course, it gives a false ranking, but it also means that fighters go through the weight-making process, you know, the day before. They've got to weigh in at championship weight. I never looked at it that way, and I thought that was a good point. That because you know fighters do have to get used to it. You know of you know weighing in the day before actually make you know if you're going to fight at welterweight, you make ten stone seven. Not coming in, you know I'm a welterweight, but then coming at like middleweight basically. Uh, 
But so I thought that was a fair point. But then they shouldn't be fighting it out for these fake rankings where they just get they go straight into the top fifteen. Lyndon Arthur's ranked like four with the WBO because he beat Anthony Yard. It's like, come on, Lyndon Arthur's good. And I've no doubt that, you know, he'll box for a world title because I think he's decent and he's got, you know, he's got all the, you know, the qualities to certainly, you know, get to, you know, above European level. But he's not in the top five or six with the WBO yet. He's actually got an eliminator for the world title now. Now, that is promoter power, big time. Um, but it, it's just false. But it's now these ranking belts have overtaken the traditional method from where you go through it and, you know, you potentially have 15, 16 fights before you even, you know, box for any sort of title. These days now you have 10 fights and you're in for everything and you can box for these ranking belts. And it just doesn't sit right with me, but it's not a shock that when fighters get found out, I'm world level, I'm world level, then they box up and get beat off the likes of, you know, like Giovanni De Carolis, you know, he's like a, you know, European level at best. But yeah, because you know, they've got this false record, the Carolis is just better than them, you know, because they've been there, done it, and destroy him. And it's not a shock, not a shock. Lewis Ritson, another prime example, absolutely destroying everybody. Yeah, look at this, the Jordi Golovkin comes up against that Francisco Patera, who's Sean Dodby. Now, look, Masha Dodds, you know, was a good crack and he had his time. But, you know, he's not a world beater. So Sean Dodby and Patera absolutely destroyed Lewis Ritson absolutely destroyed him. And they were talking about, you know, Lewis Ritson going to world level and blasting people out. He got completely undone. Uh, Ted Cheeseman, another one. But I give it to Cheeseman, at least, you know, he, he defended the British. But he got against Sergio Garcia and it was painful to watch because he got beaten up, badly beaten up. Okay, there, boy, let's just move on, shall we? We've got Belly of the Weeks coming up shortly. Before we get onto that, a couple of questions have flown in. Let's open it up. Uh, where are we? Let's have a look. Um, oh, yeah, sorry, Michael Thompson, actually, put in a WBA gold belt sanctioning fees for you, lads. Thanks very much for Michael. Uh, super chat, very much appreciated. Probably owe you a couple of pencils back, I think, Michael, given their sanctioning fees, the old WBA. Here's one coming in here. Oh, better move that off the screen, otherwise I won't be able to see it. Uh, Greg Cross. A few people are saying Eubank Jr. would smash Liam Williams as they have had a little back and forth on Twitter. How do you see that one going? If it's happened, I'll leave it open to anybody who wants to unmute themselves first. Eubank against Liam Williams. Would Williams get smashed up by Eubank? That is what Greg Cross is asking. Go ahead, lads. Any takers, Andy? I was just going to let Ozzy and Rob come in there. Yeah, I was going Good fight, actually. Good fight. I assume it'll take place at middleweight if it was to happen. Um, tough. You never know what to expect with Eubank Jr. Pop, you can always guarantee he'll have a good engine and he'll be there throwing shots. Um, we cannot judge anything off his last fight where he beat Korobov, but it was because Korobov had a dodgy shoulder and basically waved the white flag after, I think, what was it, a round? Something like that, two rounds. So you can't judge anything. Williams, you can argue, is probably one of the most improved fighters since going up to middleweight. Destroyed Mark Heffron, where I and many others thought Heffron would win, um, and has gone through every opponent. He has dispatched of opponents the way he should do, basically. But that saying, he's not boxed anybody recently, um, apart from Liam Smith, who I'll put on the same level as... 
Eubank Jr. Just pulling up his record now. Andrew Robinson was he, he he boxed him, you know, to keep active. It was a mandatory for the, his British title, mandatory. But he destroyed him in a round. Perfect. But then the likes of that Carrie um, Machor, I think it wasn't the French guy. Wasn't he destroyed him? But again, that Archer's not brilliant. But I thought the way he dealt with that Atlantis Fox was quite impressive, you know. And look, Fox isn't great, but what did he do? I had a, a fairly, you know, I say competitive, but you know, did he drop Andre and stuff like that and won some rounds? He's a big unit, Fox, as well, very tall. Yeah, yeah, and he destroyed him. I think it'd be great for the neutral, really good, because I think it'd just be bombs away. Uh, I've been caught out too many times back in, you know, it's, this, this is, I'm not saying it's boxer against puncher. William Liam Williams is decent, and I think he's far better from when he boxed um, Liam Smith. He's got a new change of scenery. I think he's massively improved on the ringle, and he was well in the Smith fights as well. He was winning the first one until that headbutt caused an awful cut over the eye, and then I thought he won the second fight, which you know they gave to Smith on the cards. And I will back Williams now in the rematch, particularly at middleweight. Um. It's close. I would probably go with Edge to Williams, purely for the fact I just think he's better all round. And like I said about Eubank Jr., we've not really seen him improve. He destroyed the Gale, but the Gale was a shadow again. Um, and, and I think, you know, put the Gale in his prime, and I think he'd toy with Eubank Jr. And as I said, the last time I saw Chris Eubank Jr. was against Matt Korobov, and we just don't learn anything about it. Um, he's been out in Florida now doing loads of work with Roy Jones Jr. We don't know, you know, how well he's come on. He certainly needs to fight, and I'd like to see him box. But at the moment, I'd probably side to Williams, but I think it's a genuine 50-50, and I think it'd be brilliant for the neutral because it's just that all-action style. Um, I think it may start off a little tentative, but I think as soon as the first, you know, big shot lands... I think it'd be very much all game plans out the window and it'd be, you know, testing the chins. And we know we know uh, Eubank's got a great chin and we've seen Williams take shots as well. So certainly all for the fight and I'd side to Williams. Yep, Eubank versus Williams would indeed be a good fight. Uh, also, Greg Cross said, where is Gabe? Is he alive? Is he in jail for shooting an intruder? Self-defence, Gabe, or what? A little bit of self-exile for a bit. Had to recharge the batteries and uh, take some time off, but uh, we're back. We're going to be back for a while. So if you don't like this Texan son of a bitch on your podcast, uh, well, go fuck you. Yeah, stop complaining as well, the listeners. Right? Don't be fucking complaining to us about who, who's hosting the hood. We fucking have lives, assholes. This is a fucking free podcast. We have fucking grown men <laughs> with families. You think, you think we've all got problems as well? They think we want to listen to your fucking bitch every week, man. If, if the fucking we have a new host once every two weeks, that's the worst of your problems, man. Make fucking be happy. Don't be fucking complaining. Like, anyway. Yes. Um, yeah, two, two of the best Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Complain, complain. Look, make your fucking complaint known in a monetary way so we take it seriously. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then, if there's enough of them, then maybe we won't have to fucking have any complaints. You can just have it your way, like Burger King. Like anyway, if you want, uh, no, I think that's great, Rob. Because I think if if everyone else can charge fucking sanctioning fees, we can charge a complaint sanctioning fee. Yeah. So you want to fucking make a complaint? 
charge. You're getting charged for it. So don't come. <laughs> Steve and Maddie and Andy, don't fucking cry to us like a bunch of little bitches. Pay the fucking <laughs> sanctioning fee. Then you can say what the fuck you want to say. I'll even exactly. read the shit on the fucking pod. You think about the, the think about the content you're getting off us in a fucking month. In a month, four podcasts in a month. One ninety nine with the zone. You wouldn't get that. You get Akabarak on there. You get fucking us. <laughs> Golfkin, get, Golfkin do you know what I mean? Don't be such fucking bunch of main bastards. Anyway, Here, uh, yeah. If, if if your mom sleeps with more guys in a month and we put out podcasts, then we should give you a dollar instead. I think that's a fair deal. <laughs> I think finger blast these mama there. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Fucking a. In fact, never mind paying you two quid to the patron. Let me finger blast your ball. <laughs> <laughs> you do something. Bring some kind of bargaining chip to the table. <laughs> if she's yeah. too wide, though, it's all better off, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, fair play to the boys. Wide yeah, is the Clyde. As, as yes, the boys, too, as, yeah. as, as the boys explained, yeah. So for the ty- for the next wee while. I'll be hosting weeks one, three, and five. So this is the fifth week, and Matty's going to be doing weeks two and four. I have a bit of shit to look. You know, the boys have been great. I have a bit of shit to sort out. A few extra shifts and stuff. So Matty's going to be doing weeks two and four. I'll jump on if I can. I won't be able to all the time. I'll be hosting weeks one, three, and five. So this is week five of the month. Next week is week one. So I'll be back next week again. Don't Matty, explain you'll be back. yourself. Don't you're, explain you're yourself. Be, no, no, and I'm not explaining myself. I'm just explaining yeah, to, yeah. The, to the, the listeners, so the listeners know what's going on. So they're not they're not crying like a little bitch, Andy. So you've got to look at this. It's a preview of coming attractions. Listen, listen. If the fucking Highland Globe crowd just come to town, you don't start picking out the line. We're just fucking here and that's it. Shut up about it. Anyway, Eubank and fucking Williams. You, Banker Williams, love this fight. Uh, like Williams' style, all aggressive. I always said about you, Bank, he's good to a certain level, and his athleticism and his power and his speed will get him so far. And whether that's world titles or whatever, you know, that could happen any day to any fighter in boxing. We just say, fuck it, by me and fight on a day's notice for a world title last night. So, no, don't rule it out that he, that he gets a version of a world title down the line. But... I think when he comes up against better fighters, um, he's always going to struggle. Now, that having said that, we don't I don't know how good Williams can be. Um, I think a good fighter can beat Eubank off a jab alone, and I don't know if he has that. So it's going to be no. a different style of fight. Like, and I think he'd be open to big shots from from Eubank possibly. So, and Eubank, if he gets a guy hurt, he will try and get him out of there. So he's quite a good finisher. Um, I would give him that. He's a bit fucking awkward. All the same, he misses a lot of shots. Whether Jones is. I heard Jones before talk about training fighters that he doesn't try to train his style. He tries to to make the fighter use his attributes the best. But he did good work with Pascal on the left hook, remember, at one stage. And I'm wondering, could that be a weapon for you, Bank, if, you know, it was just finally honed? But, yeah, interesting fight, man. I would say, I'd, I'd, I'd side with Ozzy there, I'd say it's a 50-50. I'd love to say that there's a controversial, different opinion here, but I think it's kind of going to be much of the same. Like, he's... He is what he is, Eubank. Like he's a he's a talker, he's a money earner, he's an Instagram model, and he'll always have opportunities in the fight game because of who he is. So, um, whether he makes anything of him, we'll see over the next two years. I say uh, this is going to be done. Rob, you're forgetting that uh, uh, prestigious IBO belt that he had, though. That he was yeah, bring that to the night. That to the night that. Yeah, you're talking about that. Yeah. Earlier, yeah. Stuck a regular belt on there as well for some extra, you know what I mean? Going to the VIP rooms yeah. and all that. 
Yeah, as soon as these clubs reopen, if uh, if Chris Eubank can get his hands on that IBO belt again, or maybe the WBF or something like that, uh, coming to a nightclub near you soon. Talking of belts, Rob, Ryan Deal threw one in for you. He said, could Vivian Obanoff <laughs> be the first WBA champ and serial killer? I hope so. Well, she's only, listen, don't be throwing around wild like, accusations like that. She's only got one body on her record so far. So we'll see how she gets on in prison. But if she fucking ices somebody in there, then we can start talking serial killers. Uh, but uh, Vivian deserves all the accolades. Um, and she deserves everything that's coming her way as well. I fucking beat up that old man with her. She let me down there. That was a bad lesson. See what I'm saying about sport this year? It's just fucked up. Celtic fucking threw the fucking 10 in a row. Obanov's in jail. What's next? Like, <laughs> are you saying, Bob, wait till she kills someone else before we pass judgment? It's, it's only one so far. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't call her a serial killer, just call her a killer. Like, you can't fucking just be fucking putting her. She's not elite level yet. Have like, a bit of respect. Yeah, she's only on the way up. She's only a contender at the moment. But um, she's a contender for a lot of things. <laughs> um, what was I going to say there? What was it? Did, did I missed a lot of the big big part of earlier because I have a fucking life, assholes. No, <laughs> I missed a bit earlier. Did you cover uh, the Garcia Pacquiao fight being an actual fight? No, no, you're going ahead. Yeah, so Garcia and Pacquiao's, uh, Ryan Garcia and Manny Pacquiao's is supposedly made. There's been a, a poster release. Garcia's had it on his Insta and all that. But I haven't seen if Pacquiao's confirmed it yet, but I don't know. There's there's no talk of a venue or a date, I don't think, just yet, but the fight's made, apparently, and there was talk then that came out that it was only going to be an exhibition and everyone was shitting on it. But Garcia's come out and clarified that it is a proper fight, uh, proper judges, no exhibition, so... What do we think of that? Ryan Garcia and fucking Manny Pacquiao, 147. I don't know. Maybe it's not 40. Revenge, I wonder will they try to get Pacquiao out of 40. Like. Is it re- uh, revenge for Oscar, is it? Eh? Must be, yeah. <laughs> fucking hell, man. Listen, I would love to see that fight. I would love to see Pacquiao just unpack that wee fucking fraud and send them back. Um, yeah. Even at this point, Pacquiao's too much for him at this point. He leaves that chin hanging in the air for fucking mm-hmm. Pacquiao to hit. One shot, he's gone. Look, Barry said it as well. Uh, Jones, when, when Ozzy was talking to him on the podcast, like, he said that he was balanced. And I said it uh, myself. When, when Luke Campbell dropped him, he went doing heavy. You look like he actually got knocked out. If, if, um, says Barry mentioned it purely on the balance. That Pacquiao with power, legit power. Even at 40, 41, lovely as these days. Punches and bunches as well coming forward off angles. It's uh, hard to see Garcia withstanding that. I'm wondering how to take you, you mentioned there is it revenge for Oscar, but I'm wondering how they're thinking, seeing as he's down with Canelo, are they thinking is this uh, similar to, to when Canelo fought Floyd? Mm. And if he gets completely outclassed, then it doesn't do his stock any damage and he's made a ton of money. The two of them have made a ton of money out of this. Like, cause this I, is I, don't know how, I don't know how I feel about massive. it, Rob, to be honest with you. I think there's a novelty value. I'd rather see him yeah. fighting Davis and, and Lopez. Well, when well, he came out after that. the last fight, well, I was I all... The Davis fight was all... Was, was meant That's to be what I'm saying. Fixed, yeah, right. so. King, King Garcia comes off his fucking disowned victory and he's up there calling out everyone. He's wanting the Davis fight. He's shitting on Devin Haney. He's giving Lopez a bit of credit. It's all looking great. Like, and there's a sudden fucking instant cash grab running to fight Manny Pacquiao at 147. So unless they think they're getting Pacquiao at the right time or else the other strategy is, like I said, as long as he doesn't get fucking knocked out, like, and Pacquiao is more merciful these days, it appears. Um, that he's, you know, he, he could 
there's been there's been signs over the last couple of fights where he could have probably put the foot on the gas and done more damage, especially with Herman. I thought. I hate Christian Pacquiao, by the way. I want, I want, yeah. to, I want, to, see, I want to see that Protestant Pacquiao. Holy fucking Catholic. Oh, they're way more ruthless than. No, they Protestants are. What weight will that? What weight will that fight be at? That was even one seven, I think. One for me, be a forty-seven. No, I, I, Pacquiao, I bet it'd be 143 or so. I bet I bet they'll meet in the middle. Nah, Pacquiao was... Fucking Pacquiao was in his 40s now, man. He's not making fucking yeah. that weight. Is Pacquiao oh, still with the PBC? They, they've always said that Pacquiao could get back down to 40. Apparently, he's got one... I can't remember if, it was, if it, there was one fight he had left. I can't remember if it was Broner or something like that. He had one fight left. I'm sure. I know he does a lot of work with Sean Gibbons, isn't it? Sean Charlie Gibbons, aye. Manny Pacquiao has not made 140 since 2009. He had, he had. Yep. Um, uh, he hasn't built out probably past 153 pounds in a fight ever. Yeah. Was was it was his last fight? Who, sorry? Pacquiao's fight was his last Thurman. fight. Thurman. 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 Oh, I saw it. Thurman, yeah. School dropped Thurman. Thurman as well. Yeah. Have we seen these days by Thurman? I was still in the mountains since he got dropped. He okay, hasn't yeah. come back down from the mountain, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I think that's why. Sorry, I, I think that's why look, it makes more sense now. Um, they'll, they'll jump up to like one foot, like like Mike said, one four three, something like that. Um, maybe one four five. Jump up there, take the risk. You can get beat. You can say, "Oh, he's, he's jumped up." You know, well, what bagging power will really, mate? When yeah. you, you, you tell him, Pacquiao, I'm fighting you one forty-three. <laughs> no, I'm Pacquiao. I'm a lead. I'm an ATG. I'm a fucking Hall of Famer. You well, do yeah, what I mate, say. No, well, it depends. There'll be no belt on the line, though, will there? I don't think they want Ryan Garcia filling out as much as he could because Ryan Garcia, even in his first fight at one hundred and forty-seven pounds, I guarantee you is going to rehydrate to a higher weight than Pacquiao. Doesn't matter. Pacquiao's been fighting better guys all his career. You mentioned him being an all-time great, Andy. Someone mentioned the other day if he wins a world title, it'll be in his fourth decade. That's <laughs> crazy, isn't it? I've seen he can fight in our tenure. You've matched Duran five decades. Uh, Gabe, anything to say before we move on to value of the weeks? Pacquiao against Garcia. No, I hope Garcia gets sparked out in crowds. Not very nice. Bathing in the tears, bitches. <laughs> what a nasty thing to say! You guys ever watch uh, South Park? God no. love it. Hey, did you ever see the episode? So there's an episode where one of the main characters he uh, kills his kids' parents and feeds them to him later off. And, uh, yeah, uh, Scott Tennerman must die. Yeah, the job. kid is just crying, and and and, and Cartman sitting there licking his tears. That's exactly what I think of when I think of Garcia getting blasted out. By Manny, and then uh, hopefully, well, I mean, I'm sure I wouldn't get that close to him, but uh, I wonder if someone will be there to lick the tears for me because that I, would be the icing on the cake. I've turned to that episode for inspiration many times. Um, uh, tasting the tears of unfathomable sadness is quite, quite a tasty dish, <laughs> indeed. Uh, bathing in tears, well, well, that took a dark turn, but uh, anyhow. Luckily, we've got the belly of the weeks to get us back on track pretty quickly here, boys. Episode 408, belly of the weeks. Let's get the intro going. This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV in association. Coogan, stop, stop. Coogan, 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 st
please. Respect Tony. the man's privacy, Coogan. I don't want to be on camera or television. You're at a public a, event. I know. I've got I'm a not of, on your doorstep. I know, but you know, I've I've stayed away from everything recently. People think I've disappeared. Well, I kind of have. I just want to want reality back. I want a normal life, and I will find it because I will stay out of all your way for a good twelve months. You guys have always called me Tony Bellew. I only created the name Tony Bellew to make me half fella proud. My name's Anthony Bellew, me. Tonight it's over me. Tony Bellew died tonight. I'm done, Cooks. I told you Tony Bellew died tonight. I just go home and I live life normal now. I enjoy my life. Yeah. And it's over. I mean, Tony Bellew's gone now. I've been Tony Bellew for a long time. Can punch obviously, but he's been able to punch and he's been able to really punch, turn lights out. You know, has he ever knocked anyone unconscious? I shouldn't really say that, should I? It's only been my bleeding luck, but uh, I've done it on a number of occasions. You've seen me turn lights out, just out. I've done that. I can do that again. Would you wish bad on anyone? So there is something wrong in saying mm. that. I don't hope. He'll do well, he gets hit or beat up. I hope he loses the fight, yeah. But I hope he's, he's sound and he goes, right, nice one, just end the right few million years after. So, you know, I don't wish anyone actual bad harm, I just think that's what's going to happen. I'm only hitting me, I'm going to stay here. The only thing he's getting in with that belt, I said, I'm going to three shot on the chin. I can't knock me out. I cannot wait. You tear up the weight, your legs are going. If you give me a three shot, mate, you're waking up. Is this anybody's ambulance? You're waking up in an ambulance. Anthony, anybody says Tony gets banned for a week, by the way, okay? It's Anthony. Tony died. Shout out to Smiggers Titties for creating that one classic. I tell you what, though, Andy, he must have punched that hard. Look at the state of Nathan Cleverly now. Oh no, mate! Listen, that's that's. <laughs> well, I think I mentioned it last week. In that, uh, be honest with you, if if it's if it's true, look, that guy took a lot of punches in his career, and even at British level, you know, he shook off punches and that walk forward, kept throwing and stuff like that. I would not be surprised if there's some sort of depression, PTS, you know, pedicular de- dementia type problem there with him and that. He's smoking ganja. You know, he's shagging his brains out, he's getting drunk probably. Loving the best life, basically. But uh, it's apparently flagging some concerns. But who, who cares, man? It's his life. Let him leave it. You know, he made his money. He fought for it. He fucking bled for it. Almost died for it as well. So fucking let him enjoy himself. Fuck it. Absolutely. Best of luck to Nathan Cleverly. Uh, first nomination here from Gavin Stevens for the WBA. The WBA tweeted out, Trevor Bryan beats to Bermain's Vern by TKO11. Congratulations. Hashtag I'm the new WBA heavyweight champion at Big Trev B. That's not Trevor Bryan, though. As Gavin Stevens said, for this, firstly, and another for tagging a random fella from Bristol in and letting him know he's a heavyweight <laughs> champion overnight while he's, he's probably in the land of nod. <laughs> Big Trev getting the WBA title. Why not? <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, Mike Moe has nominated AP Timon. Uh, AP Timon says, true, but looking at skill set, Billy Joe Saunders is like Canelo, but younger, in my opinion. This fight's coming up soon, Gabe. What do you think? Billy Joe Saunders is like Canelo, but younger. That's what AP underscore Timon's saying. Are you on board with this, Gabe? 
Huh? What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Billy Joe Saunders is like a younger Canelo, Gabe. That may just be the winner of the week. Might be. What about the rest of them that's coming up, though? Strap yourself in. Pugilist Steve. I don't know what's going on here. Just had a few texts off Eddie when I was browsing some old albums. Wonder what he means. Uh, Boxing Exposure says, Belly of the Week, this account every week until the end of the bot age. Ryan Adams said, without fail, I think he has something wrong with him. I do follow him. Uh, seems like a nice fella. Here's one for you. Evening, Eddie. Uh, Eddie Hearn says, who are we talking about here? Scintillating Sav. Savannah Marshall looked unstoppable as she beat Hannah Rankin to become WBO world champion. She gets another chance to shine on April the 10th. Uh, Eddie Hearn says beats everyone in the world, in my opinion. Then it gets a, it gets a bit spicy now, Rob. Matt Smith says wouldn't beat Katie Taylor, lad. Ben Robinson says Marshall's a middleweight. Taylor is a lightweight. Calm down. Matt Smith says what's that got to do with anything? I'm sure, sure Katie exactly. would be like a middleweight. <laughs> exactly. She's got crush her shoes. She can't jump weights, baby. Jump weights and a fucking jump genders. <laughs> Who the fuck cares? Like, who cares? Matt Smith, obviously. Ted Barrett, 94, friend of the pod. Shout out to Ted. <laughs> Nominated him for that one. Uh, Battle of the Generations. Who would you pick in these matchups? Calzaghi, Frotch, Eubank, Groves. Ben versus DeGale. Collins versus Smith. Carlo said Frotch, Eubank, Ben and Collins. And David888 jumped in and said Frotch to beat Calzaghi. And he put up a little laughing face. Carlo says in front of 70,000 at the Millennium Stadium. Calzaghi winning on points, but Frotch catches him. Calzaghi got knocked down a few times, but none hit as hard as Frotch, says Carlo. The boys enjoying that one. Here we are. Eddie lying. Eddie in lying shock here. Uh, checkmate boxing. And here is Eddie destroying Canelo for his PED drug cheating suspension. And then he goes and signs the guy. He said his reputation is tarnished forever and should be banned for life and in prison for a criminal Even offense. Eddie. <laughs> Eddie. Hashtag hypocrite. Oh, Eddie. That's got to tarnish his reputation, that one, is it? Just that. Fuck's sake. I mean, the peer were, were close to an announcement on the Fury. Joshua fight, and no reason, yeah, almost there, almost there. But it's amazing, you know. You got Frank one almost dying with COVID. You've got fucking Bob Arm looking fucking sh- like he doesn't even know what a razor looks like. So it's doing the Eddie you know, let the fans know what's happening here. So Eddie's been like talking to every camera, fucking out like they can speak to to tell us what the recent happenings is going to be. But I seen that interview with Frank. Man. Yeah, but I've seen an interview with Frank today. Frank's also saying two two fight deals, so that's two sources. Or when he's above father now to come out there and say it's, it's, it's happening, but uh, where is it going to happen? We don't know. I'll be abroad, though, definitely. I think. 100%. Yesterday I was lying. Today I'm lying. Eddie Hearn getting nominated there from um, Tony Vacant Bell Bellew. He means Anthony Bellew there, Andy. Anthony Bellew. Uh, Kovalev, he's doing something for his uh, internal <laughs> his system, I think. Yeah, I tried the Cambo ceremony, uh, says uh, Kovalev. Two-colour Philomedusa. It is found in the tropical forest of South America. A large, interesting frog. Bicoloured. Uh, Cambo is the common name of whatever, bicolour, the Amazonian tree frog. Yeah, I know somebody who had this done, actually. You get these little dots in your arm and you end up puking up and having a hallowed, hallucinogenic experience. Getting on the old Cambo right. anytime soon. I did that. Tyson did that. Mike Tyson did that. Smoked the frog. He smoked the frog guy. He says it was the most liberating experience of his life. I was like, really? I might try that shit. Yeah, Rogan and all them crowd are big on yeah. there. I don't want to go tripping balls to the other side. Little did Fuck you guys, little did you know, Andy, What's the frog is again? just the, the frog is just the name of his roommate from when he was in prison. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of that stuff, Rob? What's the name of that stuff again? 
Oh, I'm a complete DM, listener, man. DMT, DMT. Or something, DMT. Isn't it? Oh, DMT. yeah, DMT. They yeah. say, like, there's an interesting story. Oh, I'm not going into it. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Imagine smoking like, DMT and getting on the pod, Rob. It's it. Well, it says it takes you to another dimension full of strange beings, so there might not be much difference. <laughs> when, when you die, your brain produces DMT. So that gives you any idea of the kind of experience you'll have. Like most uh, explanations of, uh, you know, death experiences and shit like that are explained by the release of DMT in the brain. There we go. Matty clearing that up on a Sunday evening. Uh, Ellie Secback, I told people Jake Paul versus the Notorious MMA was a 50-50 fight. Box hard <laughs> podcast. Shout out to them. Has nominated the main man himself, Ellie. I've been in the presence of Ellie Secback. He's, <laughs> he's quite the character. Let me tell you, I think we'll leave it there. Carl Frampton, MBE. I've just received an out-of-the-blue phone call from my friend Spencer Fearon, offering oh, me some wisdom on the fight game that I'll gladly accept. One of boxing's good guys. Sorry, Carl, says David Almond, 86, but he's nominated him for, for Bell of the Week. Um, just before I invite the boys to come in, I have a couple of videos as well. Hang on, let me just get rid of that first of all. I need to get rid of Spencer Fearon <laughs> in, uh, in every respect. Here we are. So get ready for this then, boys. This is Gareth A. Davis interviewing Ebony Bridges. And uh, the, the conversation took a turn for the weird. Yeah. One of the things on my list here to ask you about is you've got a mass of tattoos on your legs, yeah? Tell us about the tattoos. All right, there they are. Oh, there we go. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, actually, I do. Tell us, tell us about the tattoos. Um, yeah, tell okay, us. Well, I mean, I've got <laughs> tattoos on my arms as well, but... The, uh, yeah. The, so I've got a dragon, and I mainly got that one, honestly, for art. But then I've got the Phoenix. I've got to show you this, if you don't mind. Where's his other hand, okay, babe? If you're known mind. Oh, yes. So that's a Phoenix, if you can tell. Yes, that's I can that's see Rangers the Phoenix. That's yeah. a Phoenix yep. with the ashes. And that is like... Good chips. You know, obviously everyone knows about a Phoenix, but a Phoenix is the rise of the Phoenix, the rise from the ashes, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so it's symbolic up, for you. It's symbolic. Yeah, yeah definitely. The phoenix yeah. is definitely yeah. symbolic. There's something rising. There is, there's definitely something rising. It's a shame. The phoenix is rising. <laughs> what was his left hand, by the way? There's a bit of a smooth talker there, wasn't he? Oh, it's symbolic for you. Is this? He was a fucking. He's even, he's, got point there. he's even got the bono shades off the kind of like the bono shades kind of like show himself off a bit, you know? Next part of the video is yeah. they doing Tai Chi. <laughs> what, what what's the symbolism of the one on your back that says daddies <laughs> I've got to admit, mate, that is to me so far the leader you reckon <laughs> in the paper oh, without doubt mate listen it's been levitating there Andrew you could have easily have asked her listen can I get a pair of your pants please how much are they going to cost me has that, has that yeah that, that could have put her to the top of the that could have put her at the top of the pile that was a that was pretty impressive. If she doesn't do anything in boxing, that was uh, that was all right. That was. But she's actually put, look at this like she's actually put on like a, like a pair of pants and a sports bra to pick the fucking chebs up, squeezing it out a wee bit there. <laughs> it's you know? the best thing Gareth Day has been on anyway. You don't get that on the zone. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Andy Jones who sent that one to me. I can't get it in any higher resolution, unfortunately. It doesn't upload, but I'm sure you get the message. The second one uh, is a video as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a little bit of a letdown after this one, unfortunately. But um, it was during the Ivory Sparrow-Rolando Romero uh, fight. Al Bernstein got a cuckolded a little bit. Uh, uh, Showtime went woke and made Al make a bit of a groveling apology from a a major indiscretion, as you'll hear from the week before. (laughs) 
Al, I know you wanted to uh, make mention of, uh, just want to clarify a few things from uh, doing a little housekeeping, I guess. Yeah, is how we really call quickly, it. the last show I mentioned that there was only one boxing champion from Puerto Rico right now. There is one male champion, but I neglected the fact that Amanda Serrano, a multiple weight women's champ, is from Puerto Rico, even though she fights out of New York right now. She's a terrific boxer, and uh, I apologize for that oversight. Um, it will not happen again. Serrano <laughs> is sensational. And she it's so great. good to see uh, the women's boxing scene really start to pick up steam. All women. Shut up, Mero, you liar. He <laughs> was just about to tell us about wait, the pay-per-view. Hey, wait. Women box? <laughs> pay-per-view, Gabe. Come on, man. Who's on the pay-per-view? Clarissa <laughs> against somebody, isn't it? Clarissa's boxing on pay-per-view against somebody. That was on last week's, wasn't it? Matty, can you remember who, who Clarissa's fighting? I cannot remember who Clarissa is fighting, sir. I apologize. Um, I, I guess next week I'll make an apology like It will not happen again. And finally, nomination no, for No, no, it assuredly will. It assuredly will happen again. Uh, nomination for Bellew, Matty. I don't know if you've seen Tony Bellew has bought out his book. I haven't got a picture of his alternative book, but um, I believe this. I imagine Bellew at Walden Pond disappearing for three years, like uh, Henry <laughs> David Thoreau writing memoirs of a vanishing man. <laughs> I uh, yeah, that, that's a very clever one. And I did invite him to come on last week if he wants to promote his new book. So you know, Anthony, um, you know. Uh, you're, you're always welcome, sir, to come and promote your uh, uh, surefire uh, bestseller. I'm sure it's going straight to the top of the uh, the uh, the charts there. And uh, we all wish for your continued success or whatever you call what's going on. Well said. Good luck, values, maybe with the Bean Masons. Any nominations from you boys, Ozzy? Any nominations for episode 408? No, mate, no. Rob, anything from you? Yeah, one of the listeners uh, on Instagram sent me, is it Gavin Greeny, something like that, sent me, uh, sent me a picture of Spencer Oliver uh, with a new baronet saying, I just had my crown done thanks to the at British Hair Clinic. So the guys <laughs> are back in town. Spencer Oliver's now on the on the train, like I'm getting the hair replacement. So he still looks bald as well. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's just the first round. But um, yeah, British Hair Clinic are back in the mix. Have you not got followed by the British Soft Tissue Clinic yet, Rob? Are they not caught up with you? Not just yet. I could do with a bit of that, though. I'm all, into, I'm all, I'm all for it. Shout out to the Soft Tissue. For any sponsors, welcome. Gabe, any nominations from you for Belly of the Week? No, sir. Think about these British Hair Clinic ones, Andy. Like Rob says there, you see so many of these people who've had these hair transplants, and I think they actually look worse. <laughs> Lee Griffiths looks like a fucking mongo with that one he's got on, by the way. He had a cousin. That Mikel Arteta for Arsenal looks like a fucking guy for Lego. He's got fucking Lego here too. He's like, he looks like fucking Dick Tracy with that pair picking paint <laughs> on there, by the way. I bet, I bet when they get long, it'll look like the uh, patches of gorse at the British Open rotation courses. <laughs> Daniel Ponsidelli on him with the fucking long hair, fucking rat tail at the back. <laughs> Jorge Camacho Pires. had one of them, didn't they? Ball with yeah, a ponytail I, at the back. I've got a couple of nominations. Uh, at, um, one for uh, Sergei Kovalev, uh, purely because, like, okay, he failed the first test, but the second test as well. So the first test was taken on the 30th of December, which he failed, came back positive to testosterone. Um, 
You took another test on the 7th of January. That came back positive as well. So no need for B samples and that. He's failed. He's positive. He's guilty. He's fucked. He's foobard. Uh, Ebony Bridges. She's fighting, by the way, can we just say it? She's fighting this woman called Carol Errol, who I think her name is Kara Dabak. I think she's a Muslim, I think. She goes with the Shimago and anyway, or the fucking heat towel. Uh, so she's basically two months shy of her 46th birthday, right? And she takes on Ebony Bridges. This is for Del Gio on Twitter. Thanks to all you sock buying creeps who weren't happy with boxing as a gladiatorial contest of skill, determination, and wits of the best fighting the best, but instead want to turn into a fucking circus. Now, if a 46 year old mother of three wants to fight a math teacher who sells her socks online to pay for her MOT, that's fine. But the sad fact is that. The winner will likely get a world title fight and Hearn and Sky Sports will televise it instead of someone who trained all their life. But she's 3-3, three three, you say. She's defeated three pro boxers as an opponent. Allow me to put it in some perspective for you. This is her last opponent who took her out in one round. If that's what fluffy canine can do, just think of what someone like Bridges is going to do if her boxer size twice a week will do to you. So basically, she's lying on the fucking ground and her dog's sitting on the fucking back. So, uh, yeah. It looks like Ebony Bridges is going to get a world title fight after fighting someone who's got a 3-3 three three record. It's just women's boxing for you, so it's going to take a good generation or three to basically get it up to standard with the men's, I think, at this point. Need to get Al, Al Bernstein apologising about that, I think. Yeah, I think so. But that one, uh, the winner for me, that one, what was that one again? You mentioned, mate. Um, I don't know. Oh... Ebony with uh, Gareth A, no? Uh, Eddie yeah, Lyon that's again? that's the one, no. No, no. Ebony and Gad, that's the one. That is the one. Uh, any nominations from you, Matty, coming in at the end? I thought she was going to pull the pants in at one point. <laughs> yeah, I just... Uh, you have, have to go behind the paywall for that, Andy. <laughs> I, I want to take the opportunity to laugh at Conor McGregor again because um, I'll always take that chance. Um, he's pissed off that the fight cost uh, him uh, his fight with Pacquiao. He says, there are no damn leg kicks in boxing. You know what I mean? I always did want to focus on my career, but I'm open. I'll just see what happens. I don't know what will happen. That Manny Pacquiao fight was happening. It was as good as done. I just want to get there and get back into a bounce, especially against that style of fighter and not take those kicks, not play with those kicks. It's just a motherfucker to take. That's my mind going. Feel a bit sorry for poor old Connor Matty. You've been a bit rough on him. No rougher than he is on his own liver. Fuck off. Fair enough. Uh, okay, then I'm going to go for Gareth A. Davis as well. I believe, Andy, you also going yeah, for the Gad. Oh, what? Without doubt. Listen, see, see if I was the Gad, right? If I, if I didn't look like so much like a nonce, no, I'd actually just say to him, look, <laughs> a chance. <laughs> rolling in there a wee bit there. I mean, look, she's lying in there, right? She's got she's got the sports bra on the says to kind of get the chairs tighter together, right? She's then got the fucking uh, the panties on. You know, look at my tattoos. Look at this. I'm like, God's got the left hand disappearing. Didn't didn't Oh, come on. So I've got to be the God, the Godfather. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say. It. I would say it. the God. Go ahead, say, say it. Fucking say it. You, you want to play that again so we can make an honest opinion on this? I, I, Hang on, Bob's yeah, going to slander somebody yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, he's just probably putting a bit of blood in it. He wasn't, you know, I don't think he was going full fledged or anything. He was just having a little, <laughs> little well, sensation. A lot of teas. A lot of teas. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fucking. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. 
I'll never forget Gareth A. Davis at the Quig Frampton fight running around screaming because there was no tables at ringside. He had, he had he threw an absolute hissy fit. He was going, there's no tables. Come on, guys. Let's let's uh, boycott the show. Who's with me? And he ran off on his own and he sat backstage huffing, watching the fight <laughs> on, a video, on, a, on, a, on a screen, apparently, until he leave a setup for him. What a title prick. That has to set up a screen for him. I'd prefer to watch the fucking fight on a screen backstage in quiet main house. Fucking idiot. He's funny on them American shows. You sort of hear him before you see him. You know, at the airport, sort of running around with his bag, looking like Austin Powers on meth with his like velvet jacket and that. To give him the Union Jack jacket and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah baby. Oh, dear. Ozzy, Ozzy, who are you going for? Let's have smoke in his pipe. Uh... It's tough because I think the WBA deserve a mention for tagging that random bloke from Bristol saying he won a world title. <laughs> yeah, from a, from a, that is from a legit, you know, like WBA account and they've just not got a fucking clue with the tagging in it. But <laughs> Gareth A. Davis, who was just foaming at the mouth watching uh, Evan Play against Please. Play yeah, again. He deserves the vote. Let, let's, let's see who gets it. Rob, are you going for? Come on, Rob. Oh, it's got to be God now, hasn't it? Yes. <laughs> Big Gaddy. Who's your Gaddy? I oh. bet he was sweating there, too. I bet he was sweating there like fucking Paul Neal. He was sweating there, baby. And his commentary on it, by the way. Paul Jones. His own. Oh, fuck's sake. My commentary, what was that? <laughs> when, when the clip was playing. <laughs> Come on, if we, get a, if we get a clean sweep, I'll play it again. Uh, are you going for Gabe? Come on, Gabe, you better fucking vote for him. <laughs> I'm gonna I, can't, play the game. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> 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 thirsty motherfucker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, get serious now. It's unanimous. <laughs> Well, okay, Gabe, this is a serious podcast, man. You make, you're making a show of us here. My jaws are so sad. I'm smelling that hard, by the way. Honestly, go and have a good Davies, yeah. Right, Matty, who are you going for? Come on. Uh, I'm just a big fan of tits and ass, so however you want to tabulate that vote, uh, you uh, jot it down. Okay, Steve, go, then. Yeah, here we go. I mean, as, as, as I say, that flip that switch, bitch. Rumpo fucking stealth skin. Oops, sorry, wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the things on my list here to ask you about is you've got a mass of tattoos on your legs, yeah? Tell us about the tattoos. All oh, right, there they are. Oh, there we go. The left wow. hand slips there. See that? Yeah, actually, I do. Tell us, <laughs> tell us about the tattoos. <laughs> oh, yeah, tell us, um, please. Okay, well, I mean, I've got tattoos on my arms as well, but this, the... So I've got a dragon, and I mainly got that one, honestly, for art. But then I've got the phoenix. I've got to show you this, if you don't mind. Okay, I'm sure this. no one will mind. So that's a phoenix, if you can tell. Yes, I can see the phoenix, yeah. Yep, and that... Is, I don't know if you, you know, obviously everyone knows about a phoenix, but a phoenix is the rise of the phoenix. You rise from the ashes, you know what I mean? So, so it's symbolic up, for you. It's symbolic, yeah, definitely. The phoenix is definitely symbolic for me. I'm a um, Bobby girl in a Bobby world. Boxing Twitter Photoshop is about to go nuts on that fucking screen cap, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, after the screen. 
I don't think I don't imagine anything down there is dry enough to uh, light a fire. So. <laughs> can, can someone please can someone please do the do the clip of Mayweather selling the fucking aluminium windows just before it, and then it goes behind the paywall to Ebony Bridges and Gareth Davis? Please, like, do that, please. Bean, gonna be, gonna be, should have been, never been, bait bean, creepy bean, beanie. Rumpel still skin. We're on to you. Gary oh, Davis, we're on to you, boy. You see, you see that, boy. Watch your leg. <laughs> Fucking watch it, right? You see the left hand, he says, you know, you got tattoos on your legs, and the left hand, like, goes to, towards the leg and never reappears. For, forget never the left appears. hand. At one point, he just kind of leans over, looking just totally fucking exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's like intently staring at it. He's like, he's got like, you know, like Blue the Bear in the jungle oh, yeah. scratching back on the train. That is, like, yeah, yeah, fucking eyes, never looking at. Oh, what a state! What a state! Very symbolic to you. It's very symbolic to you. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to get on Fino boxing, Rob. I can he see Phoenix for some brutal midday, honesto. <laughs> I can see the Phoenix. Oh, right, okay. Well done, Gareth A. Davis. You've won. A, you've won an award. <laughs> <laughs> see, I was all down in the mouth at the start. Now that's cheered me right up. Hey, he went in the sink, put a tap on, and drank for the tap. <laughs> <laughs> it was that first day. <laughs> he can polish his belly of the week trophy this week, Andy. Anyway, oh, just mate, mate, listen, he's probably got the, ch- the cherry blossom out of the polishing his helmet right now. Actually. That's what he's looking doing. <sighs> well done, Gareth A. Davis. You are belly of the week for episode 408. Uh, I'm not sure how we're going to segue into this one, Andy, but just to finish right off, uh, so oh, to yeah. speak. Uh, Lee McGregor, it's a bit of yeah. a come down now, isn't it? This one? <laughs> Sorry, Lee. Supposedly, Gavin Guerfey and Sean McCombs fighting Gavin Gwynn. Uh, I just leave yeah. you to it, Andy. I suppose. Yeah, it's, oh, this Aussie would want to go and evolve. That fight's not happening. That fight's off. Tom McCombs is off. No, Lee McGregor. What's happened there? Um, there's no flights to Dubai from the UK, so they've oh, moved. Fuck. They've moved McGregor Guerfey. Um, Gwyn is headlining the show again uh, up uh, in Bolton. I think it's still next weekend. Uh, McGregor. Yeah, no, McGregor's not boxing at all. That fight's right. being rescheduled. Oh. So there you go, Steve. What did I say to you? I got, you got a guy here who's struggling to make Bantam weight, McGregor, and he's had three cancelled dates now yeah. for his fight. Yeah. And he's having to make weight now for each fight, and it's getting called at the last minute or within a week or so. Ah, yeah, just, I'll, I'll tell you now, this is this is the statement that's come out. It says, due to the current travel restrictions from the UK, uh, the Royal Thunder Rumble is unfortunately unable to take place, and instead on February the nineteenth, um, a special fight night will be held, which will be headlined by Sean McComb against Gavin Gwynn for the Commonwealth title, uh, Mark McKeon against Brad Dawes, and Pierce O'Leary against Irving Magnell will also be on the same show as Darren Tetley against Samuel Antwi and DP Carr and Dean Dodge. For so these yep. Um, Liam Walsh's fight against Paul Highland Jr. has been postponed because Walsh has tested positive for COVID. And that, along with the European Bantamweight title against Karin Guerfi and Lee McGregor, will be announced in due course. No good no, well. news for us then, Oz. Um, it's a shame that, isn't it? Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, I'm trying to think. 
did I get told about any fights? I know Frank Warren's due to make an announcement this week coming. They're very confident of landing Joyce uh, Uzik on um, BT. Well, BT pay-per-view it will be. But they're very confident they're doing that. That'll be for the WBO interim title. Um, bit of a coup if they can do that. But it'd be a difficult-ish sell because Joyce isn't... You know the the biggest of big names, but still decent. Um, trying to think, I can't think of anything else that we're due to announce at the moment. Not mm-hmm. sure. Not sure. Don't worry. worry. If anything comes next week, we shall inform the dear listeners. Thank you, Ozzy, for that. Uh, we'll be back for episode four hundred nine then next week, I suppose. And Niall M reminds me as well. The boxing on BBC One tomorrow at nine o'clock. This is the Panorama documentary. We'll watch that one with interest and. Uh, Maybe do a little uh, review on the Patreon or something about it. You never know, a little teaser for you. But thank you, everybody, who has joined us tonight. We've had a great fun, a great laugh. Matty D. Leonardo has been with us again. So is Andy Patterson. Gabe Lewis has made his grand return. Rapping Rob Kelly and Ozzy Smith, as always. No sign of Smido. Thanks to Michael Thompson and Teddy, who both threw in Super Chats. I've been Steve Wellings. We'll catch you all again. Same time, same place, next week. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.